Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Simitai. This is Jedi arriving. Treaty Senator. I am the Senate. Right, so hello everybody and welcome to the October edition of the Positively Star Wars Senate podcast. So what episode number is this, Ricky? This is our official year episode. And this is actually episode 14. We're bonging along here, um, officially, uh, recorded on the 3rd of October, 2021, using the power of Skype. And remember, if you're listening here and you like what you hear, it helps if you click on the subscribe button, uh, leave a review, tell your friends, whatever you do, and uh, and spread the good word that we exist and that uh, we are the voice of positivity in the Star Wars world. You will not hear us. Well, we might moan about one or two things, but uh, <laughs> but comparatively, we're pretty we're pretty positive. And also remember that we are in various places on the internet, of which I cannot remember. And this is where Ricky comes in and tells everybody where we are. We are on MySpace. Okay. Wait, no, never mind. <laughs> MySpace, Craigslist, Craigslist, <laughs> GeoCities. GeoCities. I'm still. I well, don't forget the AOL uh, message boards. Yeah, I'm on yeah, that's our email address, Ron. Uh, at AOL. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, get our um our episodes on LiveWire. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Okay, we have uh yeah. If you guys want to contact us online or interact with us, we're on Facebook at PSW Senate. We also have a Facebook group there, uh, Positively Star Wars. If you guys want to join and interact with us, we're all in that. Um, on Twitter, we're at PSW Senate. And an Instagram PSW Senate podcast, or you can email us at positively star wars senate at gmail.com. Um, yeah, no, I've been on a Twitter shout out to uh, Ryan Bullock. He um, he does this nice thing every couple of days where he um, puts a bunch of different podcasts and retweets the names so people can try to follow. So, um, shout out to him, he's always putting us on that list. So, thanks, um, that's great. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Round of applause to Ryan, was it? Bullock, Ryan Bullock. Yeah, I've got his name already. Yeah, but, but good, good on him. Good on him. Spreading the word. Very memorable name, I suppose. It's a good name. It's a good name. It is a good name. That's right. I don't think yeah. I know any other Ryans. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any other Ryans I might know. That's that and not, not like no personally, but that's that celebrity one. But I can't remember. Anyway, okay. Right. And this is our anniversary episode. So we've Yay! been doing this for a year. So it's, oh, I didn't give you guys the memo, but Kate can. You're supposed to bring your own, by the way. Budget cuts and stuff. I couldn't like find that. any Jorgen fruit. So, <laughs> so um, on this episode, we will primarily our main focus will be on Star Wars Visions, which is out uh, about a week and a bit ago. But uh, as ever, first of all, we will go round the table and see what everybody's Star Wars news is from the last month. I'd put, say that there are six six of us this month. Myself, Ryan. Say hello, Ryan. I am here. And we've also got Chris. Hey there. Ron. Hello, fellow senators. Marie. Hello. And Ricky. Hello. Very good. So we will go around the table in that usual order, which always leaves me at last because I've probably always got the least to say. But we shall start with Ryan. 
Oh, I'm first this time. All right. You're on. So yeah. this month has just been mostly reading, like usual. I uh, finished the Life Day Treasury book by George Mann. I finished that one. I'm halfway through both of the others because one I take to work and the other one I read before bed. So I'm halfway through Myths and Fables and Dark Legends. And I finally finished, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. So I finally finished that one, uh, which is one of my favorite series in any of Star Wars books is those from a certain point of view. Because I love anthology stories, and it still feels like they give a ton of backstory for everybody. So, but yeah, finished those, catching up on the comics, watched Visions. I guess I was able to squeeze that in. And I, I didn't buy anything uh, this month at all for Star Wars. So I was looking the other day because... Five Below had a ton of great shirts, but, you know, I already have seven shirts. I only wear seven shirts, so I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm I every day of the week. Very good. I even got any Star Wars t-shirts now. I had one, but it had been through the wash two or three times. I always get this cheap stuff, and then the transfer if, stuff just looks like it's been through. If you tell me you have a lost t-shirt, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I have not got a lost t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, for Christmas. <laughs> Yes, and a, and a Blu-ray player. And a Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris. Hey there. Uh, yeah, it feels like things were pretty busy for me, Star Wars-wise. I did finish Rising Storm, the audiobook, um, and then all in a row, I've watched Visions, uh, Galaxy of Sounds, and um, Terrifying Tales, which just came out like two days ago. So, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. actually quite a bit. <laughs> That's, that's that's good. That's, that's, that's a lot if it, in my world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Okay, uh, Ron. Hello, senators. Uh, like everyone, visions. Uh, the galaxy of sounds. Uh, I, I have not caught up with all those, but I found those to be very. If we get to talk about those, very, uh, very entertaining, very well cut together. Um, from a Star Wars standpoint, picked up a, um, a Top Trumps um, Death Star tin. Found that on the clearance at uh, one of the stores and the toy runs and everything. The store shelves are, are still very, 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 very bare. It's kind of almost like they're they're gearing up towards wanting to make sure they have product for the Christmas season because it's not just the the Star Wars pegs. It's a lot of different different pegs that are empty on, on a number of store shelves. And then um, there's a small little toy show that uh, happens in the area once a month and picked up a, a what is it, a Galactic Heroes Dagobah X-Wing for all of five bucks. So that was quite the nice uh, the nice find here today to add to the, the play collection. But other than that, yeah, it's been a nice light uh, Star Wars month. Uh, it came quick, that's for sure. God, seems like a long time ago now already. Okay, uh, Marie... Actually, it's been kind of a busy month for me. I uh, started and finished Into the Dark. Uh, I've been reading selections from the certain, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. Um, I've been going back and listening to other um, podcasts about the music of Star Wars, uh, specifically the art of the score and the soundtrack show. And I've been wanting to go back and listen to some of the old Star Wars Oxygen podcasts, but I haven't uh, gone back and done that yet. Um, let me think, what else? Uh, Star Wars Visions, I got through a little bit of the Galaxy of Sounds, um, and I haven't gotten to Terrifying Tales yet, but, and I meant to do that yesterday, but it was kind of a busy day and forgot about it and all that, but I will probably be watching that this evening. Okay, excellent. Wow, we're really flying through it this time, we actually get time to talk about other Star Wars. <laughs> Yay! Um, hey! 
Myself, let me think. Star Wars Visions, obviously. Visions, I saw the first Galaxy of Sounds episode. And I oh I finished I finished the Crash Point Tower Audible right near the start of well I did that last time around actually, but I have actually returned to the Rising Storm Audible. People will be pleased to know. The Miracle of Miracles, I might even have finished it by the next Senate. But what was going to play a little game, as I, as I said to guys elsewhere in the chat, on guessing what chapter I'm on in The Rising Storm. So let me just get... We're doing over-under? What, Price is Right uh, rules? Price is Right rules, oh, yeah, we're not over how, how does that work? Oh, you Brit. So the Price is Right, uh, yeah, closest without going over, right? So if you had to guess the price of something, uh, closest one, but you can't go over that price. So oh, you can't go over. Oh, I get you. Well, I'm just so if I, if I if you're on chapter, you know, whatever, 221, and I guess 222, and I'm closest by one, but I won't count because I'm over. So if somebody guesses 215, they will win. Let me go on MGM betting and try to see if I can uh, put in on this. <laughs> What's the line on it, Ricky? I'm just, I have just firing it up here so I can actually see what. Can I, can I, can a brother get a tip in? How many chapters are in the book? I guess that's, that's, uh, we'll let oh, that's that to those. That, like 98. <laughs> 76, if you don't include oh the end credits. And the they're really short though, Ron. They're like two pages each. Like, no, no, no. But thank you for telling me that because I'm thinking a book is, I don't know, 20, 20 some chapters. So I'm going to be. I'm going to be guessing into the into the low teens or something. But, yeah, now that I know it's 76 chapters, I'm like. No, but literally, like, guess. it's like one little short scene and then next chapter. Like, wow. Is it? Like, it I have no idea from Audible what it's like. Yeah. Like, they cut, to like a set of, they cut to, like, a set of Jedi and it's like they have, like, a two-sentence conversation and, okay, next chapter. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I like those chapters. Is that the young? Is that the young young readers' no, novel? Is that the uh, regular? That's a legit book. Yeah. I was gonna say is that way the teachers you feel good when you tell the teacher I read five chapters last night. <laughs> <laughs> so you will you will remember that last month I said that before I restarted listening to it I thought I was somewhere around a third into it, a third of the way. That's just a guesswork, by the way. I'm not saying it was a third. I'm just saying I guessed that was about a third of the way through it. I and think you're on chapter twenty six. But, but now I have actually started it again i've got through uh, i've got through i'm not at ryan's pace here so but i've got through you know a chapter or two maybe a day so we what we're gonna do every given number and then we'll see we'll go around and i'll tell you anybody who's closest then so uh, we'll go back around in the order we've just done so ryan oh that's unfair no yeah no the new guys <laughs> uh, go first and price is right so yeah ricky and i are last <laughs> <laughs> the new contestants to the line go. You have to guess first. That way we can, bet, you know, we can gauge our bets. It's a union, so since you have the most seniority, <laughs> okay, I'll just throw out a guess here and I'll say uh, mm, thirty-seven. Ah. If somebody gets it spot on, is there in like a sort of yeah? Thing? They get it. They get it. They get a hundred bucks. Oh, all right. They wait. They wait to the end though. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to. Okay. Wanna... All right. Okay, uh, Chris. I'm going to say 52 like a deck of cards. Have no idea why. Okay, 52. Uh, who was next? Ron. Well, I'm going to go last. So you do remember I'm not a very quick reader. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go I'm going to go prices right here and go 1, chapter 1. Chapter How does that work? <laughs> well, if I mean you automatically <laughs> messed up my entire prices right fun. Yeah, so if everybody goes and guesses crazy high numbers, I'll guess one thinking they're all over. There's only 76 around that's not going to work. Well, 
you know, and we how, how much know of a reader he is. Like a third of the way through, too. So. Da, 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 um. yeah, so right, like how about this? Since we're not that kind of show, sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was gonna say sixty-six. That's too high. I see. I knew every. Yeah, I knew that was gonna be picked too. Uh, I'm taking a screenshot of where I am in Audible, so I can prove that. The winner. I said twenty. Twenty. Uh, or who's next, Marie? Marie, uh, Marie first. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twenty-seven. I'm gonna say. Twenty-seven. Okay. So, Ricky, you're last, so you can can vote strategic, strategically, ish. Well, I had said twenty-six, so Marie's trying to one-up me. So. <laughs> I'm sticking with twenty-six. You're sticking with twenty-six. Wait, with, she says twenty-seven. You're sticking with twenty-six. I said twenty-six. Yeah, I'm gonna admit it. That don't work, does it? <laughs> you just crossing your fingers that you get it spot on. Oh, yeah, you might as well pick, yeah, you might as well pick one at that point, Ricky. Price is right rules. Or Price is right logic. Well, see, now I've taken away yours. So. Oh, wait, no, no I, 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 yeah, I changed mine. Okay, I'll say 32. How about that? Is that, is that actually what you're going for? 32 now? Yeah, 32. You're knowing him to change his, his changes, uh, number. Yeah, 32, because you said you've been doing a chapter a day. So. 32. Okay, okay. Well... That is controversial, actually. The uh, <laughs> Ricky's changing his <laughs> number because that's uh, that's changed his run um, quite considerably. Because it was it was Ryan came in very close, I have to say, but it was over. Um, oh. And uh, Marie was going to win it quite quite simply due to quite easily due to Ricky's um, mis- twenty six misguided um, <laughs> guesswork. <laughs> Um, but obviously now Ricky's changed um, guesswork. He has come in and he is actually technically the closest in Price's <laughs> Right time timeline. But actually Ryan is technically the closest. I altered the deal. Um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on chapter 35. Yay. Wow. <laughs> I did love you, just so you know. Did you skip chapters like, this time, Stephen? So Ricky wins Price's Right um style ryan wins closest to the bullseye sort of a uh, style so uh you you both get to um berate me for not making it very far through the uh but you both get new uh blu-ray player steven that's the yeah exactly. thank you very much thank <laughs> you uh, and i forgot i forgot i was going to record the <laughs> the republic theme song that's in this uh anybody's read it will know what it's like um the chap actually sings it, um, and it is—it's—it's uh, it's an awful song. Um, <laughs> so I have to record it and play it at, at some point. Maybe the next one, um, I'll get the clip done for you guys. Uh, it's like if you've been to—if you've been to Disney World and you heard it, it's a small world. I love um, small world. That's what yeah. I imagined it was like. You know, it is exactly like that. That's the way he sings it. Okay, so yeah, so that's. Uh, that's that little competition at the way. We should, I should try and test another competition each each each, each month, well, shouldn't I? I should try and find something like that. Next anniversary, Stephen. <laughs> Next anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that worked. Okay. So chapter you're on Rising Storm. Next anniversary. <laughs> well, yeah, I might actually made it to chapter seventy <laughs> for the next anniversary. <laughs> I'm actually quite pleased. I, I actually, the only reason why I because some of the chapters are really quick, and this one, yeah, this one's a bit longer. This chapter, I think. Many, I'm halfway through it, so. I'm getting there. Okay, so Ricky, quick, your your last month. Oh, it's not going to be quick. I did a lot. Um, oh, right. Okay, so I started playing Squadrons again. I'm actually on the uh, Dark Side levels now, which are the Empire levels. So 
it's kind of that game's so hard. I'm not a flying pilot gamer person, but it's it's Star Wars, so I'm giving it a shot. Um, that and then also I finished Rising Storm, um, and then I did do mm-hmm. Tempest Runner, the audio. I, I listened to that right after uh, finishing Rising Storm, so that connected perfectly. It, it picks up right when that did. Um, I just caught up with the Marvel run, uh, so I know what happens with everything with the Grinjir and all that stuff now. Um, I did watch Visions. I watched maybe like a minute of the Sounds of the Galaxy thing because we've been uh, actually doing our marathon. We were doing Resistance Season 1, and I had to try to map out when to pause Force Awakens and um, go back to Resistance and vice versa. So that was pretty fun to do. We did that yesterday. So we finished watching um, Force Awakens yesterday. So we are now on to, I think, Season 2, like a bit of that, and then go to watch the whole last jedi and it's kind of hard weaving through because captain phasma pops up and i didn't want her to pop up after she seemingly died so um but yeah that was pretty fun doing that um and then i did pick up a couple things i got a hunter um funko pop which i don't collect those but i got one now and then also i bought oh i had to get a sun shield for my car so i got the one that has uh the crew in the millennium falcon so every time i uh I see my That's car sitting here, nice. my wife's yeah. escaped yeah. Yeah, so I, I did that, but, you know, the funny thing, I, I opened my garage door, and then Alec Guinness is staring me in the face now, and it kind of spooked me one time. So, <laughs> like, There's a man in my driveway. Like, wait, no, it's Alec Guinness. I used to have that question. As long as you haven't got a sidearm handy. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I've been trying to keep up. Um, I think I'm going to try to do the adventure comics and get caught up with that, but I'm still working on uh, reading Out of the Shadows because I started reading that, too. And then I'm working my way with my daughter through... Um, race to crash point tower <laughs> so uh yeah so it's been uh getting Let's get, get the, the event and the which one's the I adventures did. ones i get confused oh the adventures is the ones with um zine and all all that oh it is and, that one it so you haven't, you haven't mentioned bucket of blood you haven't met bucket of blood yet yeah no i have yeah he's in out of the shadows and i did meet him in the comics because I'm, I think I'm up to like the episode, uh, issue three. Yeah. There's a lot. Then, of, there also seems to be a lot of cooking in the adventures comic. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, also another thing uh, I stumbled upon uh, because Twitter uh, I follow um, Drew Struzan on there, and uh, he had tweeted something about a documentary that was made about him. So um, and I don't know. I think Chris, um, not Chris, um, Ryan. I think he watched it. I don't know if Chris had a chance to. Um, but that thing is I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I love Drew Struzan and oh I look forward to watching so, it. Yeah. He did so much cool stuff and I didn't yeah. even know the half of it. So like yeah, and he they talked to George Lucas on that and it was just it was just amazing watching that thing. It was it was cool. So I got through a lot I of I always time. pictures. I had no idea that they were paintings. Yeah. So yeah. That astounds yeah. me. That's been my Which reminds me. I haven't seen that I only watched episode one of um Sa- um Sounds of the Galaxy thingy and they've got that clip of the um of uh i suppose it's vader shuttle taking off from endor and i looked at that against all the other stuff which is all quite modern and they had that clip in between one of the scenes i thought that's a painting behind them yeah, i never noticed until now that it was a painting um i don't know yeah, why you, you can definitely tell the 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 original trilogy stuff when when it's all intercut like that um the color just so the modern stuff pops and the uh, the original trilogy stuff is you know the best I mean, he's, yeah, he's it really it, stands out when it's that, yeah for some when reason return of the jedi you have 
you have that scene, and then you have the one with Lando and Han like standing in front of the Falcon, and that's that looks, you know, that pops out as a painting too. So that I don't know what happened with really, that movie. Yeah. But the backgrounds like really stand out. There are so paintings. many mad paintings in Return of the Jedi, though. There yeah. are so many. There's, I, I'd say, there's easily more than a dozen mad paintings in that film. And most yeah, people that don't realize. really, really needs some yeah. some attention. So, I mean, it, it's it's cool for the air, but yeah, the the four or the 1080p, the 4K, the high def just really doesn't it's, do that it, scene. It's mostly because the color correction on the painting is so bad; it's too bright. Um, is that what it is? And that that yeah, so it, it it doesn't crush the blacks the way that film does, and uh, it has like it, it you can see more of the brush strokes. There's actually two matte paintings in that scene. The opening shot is a mad painting that tilt down in the hangar bay. And when it gets to the bottom of the frame, you can see the brush strokes on the Falcon's back end in that oh, geez. shot. Yeah. Um, there well, are I, quite a few I really incredible mad paintings in Return of the Jedi, but some of them really show their strokes pretty badly. The Emperor's arrival. I didn't know until that until about yes. a year ago. So that was all painted. That's yeah, mad. Correct. Absolutely yeah. crazy. It's not until you stop, you freeze and then you look at it and go, they're not even full stormtroopers there. They're all staff of staff of stormtroopers. You just don't notice it when you're actually in the film. They did. Uh, Disney did clean up some of the contrast in some of these matte paintings in the 4K version that's online, but the Blu-ray right. versions really show off the matte paintings pretty badly. Um, but yeah, the Emperor Hangar Bay, the Emperor's Entrance Hangar Bay, they actually improved quite a bit in the 4K version. Yeah. Um, but in the previous versions, you could see the. Do they still lines. use? Do they still use paintings in films now? They usually do digital paintings rather than oil paintings now. Right. So people are creating them in Photoshop. Um, and it's usually painting. Sometimes the using. <laughs> <laughs> usually <laughs> now they use. Um, segments of photographs to combine with whatever they're drawing in photo in photoshop to give a more natural photorealistic look um right. instead of the brush strokes that you get with oil paintings wow. in, 20, in 20 years it's going to be like the ship of theseus with the original trilogy they're just going to keep changing right. little by little before it's just totally different I mean, well, the, the beauty of it all isn't we, we didn't notice a single brush stroke in '83 yeah. or '85 oh, when uh, when we bought the VHS and you know it it took it took the evolution of the technology and everything and, and the, the quality of it all for it to really be noticed because I don't recall anyone ever the marking of it. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Now we know so much about it, it's easier to look for. Well, then, like so, I said, like with like the 1080p and the 21, whatever, and you know, it's it's easy to see all that stuff now. You know, yes. Yeah. You can watch it on the VHS in the 80s. Yeah, my screen, green. yeah, my TV screen is is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it just it, yeah, it all I adds mean, to it. But like a 25 inch TV was the max back then. <laughs> yeah, like some of us ain't got much bigger. Yeah. It was it was not just the size; it was the resolution. I mean, the yeah. 4K televisions now have literally 24 times the number of pixels as a television from the 80s. 24 times. I could only dream so, such resolution. Yeah, it's I still it's quite. Old, that's 10 years old. We don't, we don't get rid of anything here until it's absolutely falling apart. It's like what my laptop say here. It's like 10 years old. The hinge is just broken on the side. I'm still not throwing it out until it's, it doesn't start off. Um, so, uh, yeah, everything stays here until it's absolutely blows up in your face. <laughs> That's why I've still got a So do you still listen to, do you listen to the Star Wars soundtracks on uh, 8-track or anything? 
Well, all their technology hey, goes to James Bond. Yes. Records are coming back. Get them. Yeah, but not eight tracks. That was a terrible technology. I had an eight track player in my car in high school. Okay. So, should we move along, move along, as they say, and start thinking about Star Wars Visions, which dropped on the 22nd, Wednesday the 22nd, for some strange reason, midway through the week. Was there a reason? Disney's doing all releases on a Wednesday now. Yeah, Mandalorian will be on a Wednesday, everything's going to be on Wednesday. Has that been announced, confirmed, or we're just going with the most recent things have dropped on the Wednesday versus the Friday? Yeah, they said they plan to release everything on Wednesdays now. I Wednesday. think once they start up, oh, movies make it started. I never understood yeah. the Friday thing. Uh, even when Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network, the new episodes were on Friday. I never watched it because who's home on a Friday usually? You know, like, it, you know, you got kid stuff and you got, if you're younger, you're going to things, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of glad with the Wednesday. The Loki may have started it or maybe the yeah. Disney series. And then they said, hey, that worked out well. We'll just do it on Wednesday. So it's like, oh, whatever, I guess. Well, Movies for the record, much. Return of the Jedi in 1983 was released, at least in the United States, on a Wednesday. I think I they all ended up being on a Wednesday afterwards because they started doing the midnight premieres like the day before on Thursday. And then they just went to Thursday morning. They moved so- it, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember if Empire was released on a Wednesday, but I know that Return of the Jedi was. And it was always, the, you know, capitalizing on the uh, the beginning of the Memorial Day weekend here. Anyway. <laughs> they start Memorial Day weekend the Wednesday the week before. So. Yeah, right. Okay, so we've got nine episodes to talk yep. Should about. Should we do a spoiler so, alert, Stephen? You think, spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, so oh, if you haven't um, watched yes. uh, Absolutely. Spoiler alert. If you, you haven't, haven't watched, watched Visions, any go of watch Star Wars Visions, <laughs> turn off your device now. Or, or just pause it. Or Down just pause the it, and then watch it, and then press play again. Absolutely. But the first one was called The Duel. Uh, it actually says, and this is set in alternative history, 20 years after a war between the Fudu Jedi Empire and a renegade Jedi sect called The Sith. A lone warrior known only as Ronin witnesses a legion of former stormtroopers attempting to besiege a small village. The Ronin fights the leaders of the bandits, a self-declared Dark Lord of the Sith, armed with a heavily modified lightsaber. Now that's the Umbrella, isn't it? <laughs> While his droid saves the villagers. The Ronin, a former actual Sith, lures her into a trap and kills her. The Ronin, shown to be collecting red kyber crystals from each Sith he has killed, decides to give leaders crystals to the villagers citing that it can ward off evil. So was uh, this like, uh, were they bandits or were they just trying to kill everybody? I don't remember. They Is were that... collecting taxes, so to speak, or whatever. So oh, okay. They, really? they, they weren't trying to kill everybody. They wanted them to keep going. Wanted, uh, food, you know, anything like, any stereotypical, right? It was that, like a seven that samurai. Kind needs, of... Yeah, you need to come in. They need food, supplies, water, you know, all that sort of stuff. So they're going to come in and ask for that stuff. Yeah, so it's wanna, like the I protection like... money thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like a protection that... racket. That was like the perfect start for the show. Like I thought it set a good tone and kind of oh, got you. I agree. In. I agree. I, I thought it was a really start way, good way to start. Great start. Well, you definitely like the twist, the reveal of, of of what he is or who he is, kind of thing. Whatever was really yeah. a a nice little piece. The one thing I really found compelling with it, it, obviously, was that black and white series with the little splashes of color here. So it, it's that anime style, but yeah. it it has some um, it has they they even went to went so far as to put in like old film 
scratches. Yeah. It's, it's it, yes. You know, the, yeah. to make it seem like an old cereal or something or whatever, that it was like film based and had scratches on it or whatever. I thought that was a, a very interesting touch and, and choice uh, to do it, that it's not a crisp, crisp uh, pristine sort of uh, a- animated feature or whatever. Really kind of like that. And then just the sheer number of of recognizable you know they, they really had some cameo brought out a lot of cameos in, in terms of the uh number of star wars characters um aliens and the like that are in this thing droids that are in this thing probot droid and uh, doug and and uh, uh oh man there was i can't think of them all now so i mean we just got to bring up that the what happened with the umbrella lightsaber i thought that was pretty cool twist where they kind of changed the lightsaber and it was almost just like a, an attachment you know, like a silencer, but a uh, umbrella nizer, you know, <laughs> where it wasn't just the big umbrella style. It's just yeah, like a refocused all of them. It was like yeah, a giant right. parasol. It was way yeah. Put it into that. yeah. Jammed through that transdotion and opened it up. Oh, I wasn't mind. Oh, yeah. Like he, so he, I don't know he, if he drove those limbs, but she sliced him up. He gave the crystal to the kid, right? At the, yes, and the then gave her, effort. gave him the attachment as well. Right? No, he gave the attachment to the gave shopkeeper. Her. Oh, okay. Which I, was weird because what I don't, um, but I guess he's getting the silencer. So yeah, he's getting the he's getting the umbrella eyeser for the next. Maybe they're going to use it to make for, for the next lightsaber wielding person that comes through. Makes me wonder if there's crystals in every single one of those separate blades, or if it's all just focusing crystals. Yeah, know, I don't know. Puts it like you need one to start with, and then you can. Uh... Kind of like putting a flashlight in a kind of thing, and the light just shines everywhere, kind of thing. Does yeah? Maul, does Maul have two kyber crystals in his? Or is it one? Yeah, he question. has two because the the blades split, like the handle splits at some point. Um, so yeah, he, he wield it as two individual lightsabers, or he can connect it in the middle. So those are two blades on his two. Has he, uh, oh, his, he, hasn't, he hasn't wielded as two on screen, has he? Um, I, I think that at some point it breaks, and he's only using one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he doesn't. So yeah, into two. Right, right. Okay. So the All two. Right. The, so he's used two in the comics. No, no, no. It splits in half, and he uses the one half. Yeah, it in just breaks. Movie. It just splits half of it. Okay. Yeah, the way you yeah. said it, I was wondering if he actually splits it in two, and uses two, and then joins them back together. Because actually, in no. the High Republic comics, the main character does do that. So right. I'm sure right. Maul also did. Well, so that's what I'm yeah, asking. I know how, how, I'm, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. How do we how do we have confirmation that he has that it's two basically that hook in the middle that, that he has two crystals? Because it's split in half and he uses and then both the half. sides work. Yeah. Or he but, just got lucky. It's I mean, maybe yeah, yeah. Just just because it broke in half and the other side continued to work. I'm yeah. Ha- that's why I'm I'm kind of wondering. Have we do we have confirmation that it's that it's that we've seen? I, I, I don't see how the bl- blade could work without. There being two crystals. I don't see how he's walking around. So, because he was slicing half fell down a shaft. So, we're going to have to figure out something to that's, you know, that's what maybe the crystal it would make half. Ah. it would but it, let's see what it would make sense that it needs to be two. Obviously, that's the easier answer, because that way he could use it as two, uh, you know, as two like Ahsoka as two blades. Um, right. And if it's one crystal with the two blades going out, does that diminish the power of it? Or now you could have the crystal and do two no. blades and it would be, you know, it's still oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna if it is one crystal, it's still Savage as powerful. Does oh. Savage end up using the uh, two the do- the double sided one. I got it. I'm I'm gonna have to watch and see what happens if that ever breaks. Though. No, I, I can't recall that. it. That's so. why I asked because I don't re- I don't remember it happening. But it's been a while since uh, since the Clone yeah. Wars ball um, watches that I don't recall seeing him ever with two. You know, one in each hand. Anyway, I don't see how <laughs> on a technical level they could make it work with one crystal in the two halves. 
um, like just in terms of how the crystal would be connected. It would make no sense if he can still split it. If, if you know, if there's actually a break in between, it doesn't make sense for them to be one. Yeah, it certainly seems like he has two power cells and crystals pointing right. the opposite direction. Right, exactly. Yeah, for, right. From what we know about, right, from what we know about how a, a saber is supposed to work, it really stands right. to reason. Well, have my, to my mall lightsaber takes four D batteries, so um, <laughs> two on each side. <laughs> two on each side, see? <laughs> They're right down the middle. <laughs> so uh, I thought, uh, for me, I think this this was one of the strongest episodes ever. I agree. I thought, started, I thought when I saw this, I thought, oh my God, I can't wait to see the rest of them. Obviously, I didn't, well, I disliked any of them, but I didn't quite have the same, um, what's the word? I'm not sure, depth or, I'm not sure, I want to say standard because they're all quite different in their own sort of way. But this one really got me in to the, to the feel. I thought, oh, I'm really going to, I wasn't sure before, I thought, I'm really going to level this kind of stuff. Did you think this was uh, this, more like cinematic? Is that this right? is exactly what I was expecting. And then some of the other ones, which we'll get to, they just felt like somebody's fan fiction a bit in times. Yes. Uh, um, so I thought that's not what I was thinking. I was expecting something like a surreal take on things. And this really started right off on that. So, yeah, for me, it was... Uh, and what, about yeah. the, um, what I was thinking of was R2-D2 to start off with, but obviously it's not R2-D2 because they were told they couldn't use any original... Um, well, then they made tea in this one, so you really liked it. Oh, absolutely. That's, what, well, that's probably why it started off on a good note for me. So uh, <laughs> it's really how it should go, isn't it? We talked about the reveal of him being of him being not a Jedi or whatever, and, and I thought it was it was incredibly well done because they sort of did like a, a point of view of of the camera, like they attached the camera to the hilt as he unsheathed um, the lightsaber, so to speak, and it kind of comes out uh, away from it, and that was just. Just it was a very stunning uh, visual. I didn't really care for a lightsaber being sheathed, but whatever. That's it needs to be that well, type of say, it was already story. It's kind of on inside the sheath, so that you know you, you don't have them igniting like we're used to. But the way they they animated that reveal was very very well done really really captured you and let you go all right then then the words get a little i, I guess it has to be in the translation or something or whatever because the the word it was a your your what she says something very i mean she just phatic, emphatically um what am i trying to say just matter of factly says oh your blade is red it's like well thanks cat obvious we're all seeing that it was very much a reveal don't really need you to state uh, state that but I think that's a little bit lost in translation for the wording of it. Well, I tell you, for me, watching it, I really had to pay attention to the first um, six because I was listening to them in Japanese with the English subtitles. So I actually had to watch it all. I thought, my God, this is tiring. I have to actually watch it. I can't, like, look away and, and listen in. Then, of course, I realized that you can get the ink just change the flipping language, you idiot. I did watch this one in Japanese afterwards, though, so I know it was pretty cool. I've I've um, done that, and and there's definitely something to 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 watching the Japanese with the English dub because then the some of the closed captioning or whatever you want to say is is a little different. The wording is a little different, so obviously you get what they're saying, you get what they're going for, but that uh, some of it made a little more sense. Uh, I don't know if the sense is the right word, but there there was something. There's some value in doing exactly that, doing the. Japanese, yeah, the translation, yeah, exactly. So, so the big question so in, here is: Does do people prefer the um the umbrella lightsaber or the um the way the christenters make up their um, helicopter lightsabers in Rebels? Which is better? That got a lot of ridicule in Rebels, didn't it? The old helicopter lightsaber spinning. Well, which one? Which one like, do I hate hate more? 
or at least. Well, no, it's not hacked, but which one do you think gets more more credit? Credibility. Um, see, they took off with the helicopter one. If they floated down, maybe, but they like used them for lift to escape in a Joker laugh. So that was tough. The umbrella. Yeah, that one, made no sense. Yeah, the, it can lift. Push it, yourself just, off the ground with the force, and then just use uh, that to kind of float. Yeah, mm-hmm. they weren't float. They weren't force pushing themselves off. It was li- it was lift. It was it was animated as lift. This one's interesting because, like you say, she puts the blade into the umbrella eyeser, and then you get all those blades where they all individual. You know, is there a bunch of crystals in there? I don't think so. Like it, Ricky was saying, it it kind of took the somehow it's. It's taking that saber blade and turning it into the eight different ones that the umbrella eyeser was doing. So I think that's a bit more plausible, if that's even possible. <laughs> I think, yeah, I yeah, think, I, agree. I think, this one, I think, I think, I think I'll, I'll tolerate that. Yeah, thank you. There we go. I'll tolerate this one uh, way so, more than I do the, uh, like in universe, like you, could you make a sheath for a lightsaber out of best car? Would that work? It did uh, hot, though. But are lightsabers hot? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess they would be. But well, <laughs> we see when the, blade, when the lightsaber hits the Beskar, we see it sort of starting to... Yeah, it turns orange. Spark, yeah. yeah. By gone on the door, yeah. But, now, so, Ricky, it won't work because my problem with the saber in the Beskar is it doesn't slide right down, like it, like it attaches right to it. So if the sheath is made of Beskar, you wouldn't be able to slide the damn thing out. What are the hilts made out of? <laughs> Why don't the hills burn? <laughs> That's actually interesting. You say, but are lightsabers hot? This is going back to a conversation where we almost had a whole episode talking about lightsabers. Um, because are they hot? Because if they were a degree of hot, Luke could have kept himself, Han could have kept Luke warm with a lightsaber on off. So that makes me, they're not, that means that makes me think well, that they're you, not hot. How did you catch everything on fire whenever you like, you know, hit it? Everything would just burn? But they don't give up, they don't give any what's it called latent heat is it but or then what? they do cauterize okay what what are we looking yeah at? they yeah. they cauterize a wound it's hot so I, I I don't know how Han would have kept Luke warm by just sort of like keeping the lighting it around close by or something yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's like trying to stave off fro- frostbite with a bic lighter yeah I don't right it's <laughs> right. hot yeah. but yeah oh, that's gonna I, I work it's lighter source. Okay, some some nerd put up a um a infographic of Marl's lightsaber. <laughs> yes, I found that. Thank you. <laughs> some nerd. That's that's Confirmed. cool. We found that like right on the spot, which is awesome. So yeah, kudos kudos to find it. Yeah, no, it did have two. It had two. Two crystals. Second, primary and secondary. Hmm. It's still just. I mean, just but for the, the, the synth crystal. Different universes. I would think that there's not nine crystals inside that uh, umbrella eyes, or otherwise that dude. <laughs> The Roman would have taken can't, You can't turn that umbrella on by itself. You have to have the lightsaber. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. So yeah. And I also will say it's actually it's um it's bad it's a bad what's the word what we're looking for it's bad luck to light that umbrella inside as well. So <laughs> uh, but in an epi- in an episode that's got umbrellas and tea, I will I'm going to put this out here. This was my favorite of the lot. The the, uh, the sabers were uh, sizzling right when the um kind of steaming yeah, when the rain was falling on it. Yeah. Whenever rain comes on them, yeah, they steam. Yeah, I, I, I do like snow. the I like the bad guy in this one. I like the you know the uh, Ronin guy, and that's the guy they're making that comic about. Over the novel, right? The novel, yeah, yeah. 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 October fifteenth, I think. 
Well, there's a lot there because he's got like six, I think, red crystals in, in you know, in his grievous like collection cloak area. Um, that yeah, he's he's definitely got a lot of story backstory to be told and so other he, story that could be told of some sort. He's either trying to be like the only one, or he's like trying to redeem himself, basically. I think he redeem himself. It seems like it's regret because mm. when it, yeah. I thought towards the end when it says. When he pulls the saber in front of the citizens, they all react, and he's kind of like, you know, you know, not really don't, happy with what I've done. Don't judge yeah. me. Yeah. What was the deal with the uh, waterfall on that? Was that like a shrine underneath there, a Sith shrine or something? Yeah, I think it was just a shrine because it had. It happened uh, to be there. Statue was holding the saber. I mean, he put a saber there, but he was obviously knew it was there. Uh, I thought that battle, their battle, was amazing. On the log, like what a callback to revenge. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah very, 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 very well done from a from an animation. You know, able to watch that and know what's going on, and and see see that fight between the two. Very stylized. Um, the end there, I took issue with. There are a number of lightsabers that are still on. Obviously, this is not Star Wars in in that sense of it. But there are a number of lightsabers that are still still turned on, while no one's holding them the one that was hers that falls to the ground it's still on the one that was in the statue is still on and it's like i thought they needed somebody to, i thought they needed to be well it's on. just the same as vader throwing his he could just use yeah, the force yeah when he throws it if, if you had to keep yeah, your thumb on that button <laughs> it's a very <laughs> difficult mover move because he has to hold the button down with the force well, yoda does it too i was never keen on yoda throwing his saber that's something yeah i wouldn't think a, a, a warrior you know just wouldn't think you'd ever lose handle on your weapon like that but he got it back up well, yeah so obviously he's, obviously he's leading her towards <laughs> towards the the waterfall and and fakes the you know to get her to, a bit of a ploy to to get to that point to to best her uh, you know to to Catch her off guard. She jumps in there, thinks she's she's taking him, and she she he um surprises her from he, behind. Or whatever. So, you know, another lightsaber in his sheath. It seems like because his lightsaber yeah, is on that hand. stand is, and then he still stabs her with the one what looks like the back of the sheath. So I don't know. I I only watched it like three times, and it's you know only right at the beginning. So I haven't watched it in the past two or three days. But I thought that was his saber on the stand, and then he still stabs her with almost like the back of the sheath. There's definitely two sabers lit at that point. Yeah. I don't know if one is on stand or what. I'm going to have to watch that again. It wasn't hers, right? Did he take hers? Because she, she dropped it. So maybe it was yeah, hers. Yeah, it wasn't hers. She dropped hers. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again because that was just confusing. Well, yeah, there's, the, there's obviously a third in play because the, the statue has one. She runs in with his and slices it. The statue falls down with the saber still lit, and she sees it. And then he stabs her with something really, yeah. He's got like a saber in the sheath. It looks like of some sort because he's got something yeah, really, really crazy long. Or he's got like a yeah. No, he puts a sheath back in into into yeah. You have to rewatch that. That was interesting. He spins um, it around so you kind of yeah. lose track of what comes out of, and then I think he picks up his. But it makes sense. Well, he picks up hers too, because I've always wondered that. You know, with all the uh, defeated Jedi there, you know, there's a lot of sabers that are unaccounted for. So yeah, if he's got that many red crystals, how many sabers does he, you know, does he potentially have access? Now he destroys hers in the town and gives up the gives up the crystal to the kid. So is that, just yeah, just yeah, just so he has his two. Because right, if he loses one, he's going to be 
he's going to be hard pressed to go to the Walmart and buy another one. Um, he gives the he gives the crystals to the to the boy or gives a crystal to to the to the kid there and says it wards off evil. Does it ward off evil in any way? Shapes and wouldn't it? That, that, isn't there something to the crystals call out to people or otherwise? You hear the crystal in the force. It seemed seemed a, 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 a dangerous ploy to leave it there because some Sith person could be hearing it, looking for it, you know, come calling for it, kind of, you know, more so warding off evil than it would attract evil potentially. Well, the important thing to remember here is that out of all of them, just looking through them in the wiki thing, this is the only one that says it's an alternative history. So there's yeah. no parallels here at all in the Star Wars universe. They completely made this one up for the. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. That's probably yeah, why they got the almost got legs in some respects because they're not borrowing anything from the existing. Well, not yeah. borrowing much history from the same. Not beholden to anything, sure. Mm. Okay, well we've got eight more episodes to talk about, folks. So I'm I'm thinking that my my. Uh, Time is ticking on here, so we should All move right. on. To the next yeah, one. let's get to the Live Aid episode. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Yeah, the next one, which I expect we'll be talking about for ages, is <laughs> Tatooine Rhapsody. So, in a battle during the Clone Wars, a Jedi Padawan named Jay attempts to escape from the war, only to stumble upon a hut named G. G offers taking Jay in if he becomes the lead singer of G's rock band, Star Waver. And Jay accepts. Years later, during the reign of the Galactic Empire, the members of Star Waver are hunted by Boba, by Boba Fett. Fett eventually captures G and reveals that G's relative, Jabba, wishes to execute him due to G not wanting to be part of the family's crime syndicate. Jay inspires the other members of Star Waver to go to Tatooine and attempt to save G. They manage to convince Jabba to let them play one more song together before G's execution. The song is loved by the executioner's audience and Jabba ultimately spares G and becomes the band's first sponsor. Unwittingly, of course, but he does. Yeah. Well, so is Boba a teenager in this one? Like, if it's right after Clone Wars? It's just mini Boba. Mini Boba. Yeah. He would have been younger. Kind of yeah, he was crazy stylized, wasn't he? He was a galactic hero's Boba. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was weird, but... The Fuck. the hut dude his uh I don't know if he had nose piercings I don't I didn't know or those were his eyes I couldn't I couldn't tell it wasn't I was confused eyes, by that it, it was like a cheek piercing of sort yeah, it was weird yeah, but he has teeth too perfect. that's the other weird you're talking about the piercing I'm the teeth the smile was was, was <laughs> he a could bit have had veneers <laughs> yeah you look yeah. that photo I posted you can see that he's got a bit of a uh, he's got well it's it is a nasal pierce in one of the uh, things. It had a very um oh is it Scott Thompson no Scott Thompson um Scott Pilgrim esque aspect yeah, if anyone's yeah. ever seen that, that crazy that's what I was thinking the whole, yeah. movie whatever yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of the sort of battle while they're while they're trying to have a gig and trying to get through the gig I, 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 I can't imagine you think do we really think that's an influence is Scott Pil- is it Scott Pilgrim yeah is, is that yeah. influence does the Japanese culture know that weird movie. It was a comic book. I don't feel like it had much of a Scott Pilgrim feel to it. Okay, is it just just my 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 projecting onto it, so to speak? And so that, I guess that's the question I wanted to ask the studio that made it, or whatever. Does that have any? Inf- how do you guys know about Scott Pilgrim? Or well, I think just, uh, just me pushing uh, that on it. Brian was saying it, it was close to like the My Hero Academia um, anime, right? You said they do like uh, battles and yeah, that one in, in music. music festivals. So mm. what I found funny is I remember last month as I kind of. My assumption was, oh, they just kind of have concerts before you pod races and stuff like that. It's just going to be kind of funny about a band moving up in the 
pod racing acting scene and it ended up being they're throwing a concert because someone's about to get hung (laughs) (laughs) you know possibly before either people are there for the pod race or there's that many people there just for the execution so it's like oh there's gonna be an execution before the pod race today neat tatooine is awesome so i thought that was kind of funny as my guess was way off and they're celebrating executions you know with that many people in stadiums I've seen, after, yeah, it's seen, after seeing the last episode, when I watched this, I was like, what the beep? Um, this is completely opposite of what I was expecting from all this kind of um, series. I mean, this was fun, but I was kind of like all the way through it. I was thinking, this is nothing like I was expecting. Um, it's like complete opposite. It's, it's, it is just bizarre, really. And I'm assuming that was perf- purposely done. They want you to get drawn in and then show you this other, you know, type well, I of, of so, storytelling. I mean, I imagine, that you would never watch <laughs> but it's not yeah well i don't know maybe i maybe i got the, the wrong memo um but yeah you know, I, I was expecting loads of japanese style stuff and this just completely was well not, this is it, it is anime it, it, style it's very much anime style yeah is it it doesn't seem like it to me i, I would say the say first one too. really wasn't like uh, the duel really wasn't anime like style the that was just the style like, like a, it seemed to me like a Kurosawa film yeah. in, in anime in anime form, but the second yeah, one was exactly. really anime to me. That was that was super anime to me. To me, I mean, I haven't watched I a whole lot of it, but it it was like everything I've ever seen anime kind of stuff. I was hoping more from this episode just because, like, I think I put too much hope on the song because, like I said, I'm a big fan of music festivals and animes just because they're fun and the songs can be catchy and it was just like it seemed really like regular you know it seemed kind of plain you know the way it was written was yeah. the song so different in the japanese dub or was it, I, I need to listen to the japanese dub of the didn't watch the dub for the japanese version hmm. just as gordon levitt, levitt i thought he you know he did great i thought his character was cool you know, it was a fun episode. I'll say that, but I put a lot of faith in like, I want this to be a catchy Star Wars song. And I'm like, okay, that was like, and the characters were drawn uh, with the childish look. So, I mean, I think it had more of that younger uh, look that it was going for it. And did anybody else notice that he used his lightsaber for the microphone at the end? So he changed yeah. it. He mm-hmm. changed the microphone. I watched that one this morning, but yeah, he used it. Seems dangerous to me. Hopefully he removed the crystal or battery or something. <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought it broke. It I thought at the beginning or whatever, he does something. That, that's how he ended up. With the, it, yeah. It, I thought it broke. I mean, what's the first thing that happens when you break a flashlight? You kind of give it a few taps and hope that it works. So, <laughs> and, and you, you know, look at it. You look down the shaft. <laughs> yeah. The galaxy's most powerful weapon then looks at it. So. But yeah, I thought, again, it was neat. I'm not harping on that as a bad thing, but I thought it was neat. He knew it was broken. He's moving on. Uh, does a band. So I kind of ranked that one. I, I ranked that one low in my kind of rank, rankings. I, I thought, Still good. I thought he was going to like try to bust that dude out like with his lightsaber and, you know, he fixed it and, you know, they were going to try to bust out the, the guy and save him, but they just yeah, used I the power of music, you know, yeah. to, hmm. to survive. Power of friendship. Yeah, that was, that was kind of cool. That was like a nice little, uh, you know, don't use, uh, it's really Jedi-esque, you don't use, you know, physical violence, you try to find another solution, you know, So and they did, so, so that, I thought that was pretty cool. It's one of those that I feel like could fit in canon, and it really doesn't change anything. I mean, there's, there, I don't think there's anything crazy about that episode where it's like, yeah. I don't think no, they, that fits in canon. 
they definitely wrote this with that in mind. Like, okay, let's have this fit in there and not disturb anything. Because it really doesn't disturb anything. No, yeah, I don't think so at all either. Except for the Boba Fett age thing, uh, which I think Ron mentioned. And that's... Uh, that, I think it's that just supposed to be seems a little odd. He definitely well, seems like a kid. He he's definitely a kid, but stylized a kid. But yeah, Ricky, Ricky's the one that pointed up. If this is supposed to be right after Clint, you know, how old, yeah, you know, where would, but does that fit in what we know of? of I mean, Fett he was dancing and everything. Does does yeah. that work? He was jamming out at the concert, so. <laughs> yeah, there is a time jump because I mean he's got to learn to sing and they all play. So I mean they got to meet everybody. But I think he's just stylized to kind of look a little bit younger. So. I don't no, expect yeah, him no. to be. But Boba Fett had Temuera Morrison's voice, which is implying yeah. older Boba Fett. So that uh, where would it fit in in the timeline then? Maybe that uh, the lead singer just ages really slow. <laughs> Maybe it's, it is Star Wars, and there are different rules. Yeah. I was trying, I was trying to find the lyrics to the song because they're actually so you quite, can sing them. Okay. They're actually quite corny. Well, uh, you know, it's no lapty neck. No, <laughs> quite. nobody's nobody's typed them up anywhere. I'm just here Googling and trying to find somebody who's wrote down the lyrics, but nobody no, has. I'm assuming these guys all die because then they get replaced with, uh, <laughs> with the cantina bands. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. Yeah, that's hey, yeah. don't, don't lose yourself and sing now, everybody. Hey, we move your body. Yeah. We'll just be strumming, telling you we love I'm it. I'm not, not going to play. you all about it. Yeah, it doesn't play. You, okay. you are okay. Yeah. Reading the words. Hey, I'm doing yourself. the Johnny Cash version. Hey, free yourself. Have you guys ever played that? Um, it was a Nintendo DS game. I think it was called Rhythm Heaven. It reminds me of those songs. Like, the songs don't make much sense in English, but I think... It's a translation thing. Yeah, it's definitely a translation thing. Because it was yeah, like, have, the song was like the guitar. <laughs> yeah, I have to watch the subtitle. It's either that or it was just kind of written and it, you know, just happened to not uh, totally the, uh, be a piece the lyrics of the thing. Yeah, it didn't put a lot of time, energy into it. By the way, Hot Topic has Star Waiver t-shirts on sale. So. <laughs> I put some... Uh, yeah, get a t-shirt. Wait, 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 who has those on sale? Hot topic. I saw them on the website. They had Star Waiver. Oh, they have the whole thing. <laughs> I live right across yeah. Hot Topics. They did a nice. It. They did a nice nod to the to the gigging uh, touring band that would have their their a logo and and a van that I put some screenshots in the chat that their ship that they go taken off on has uh, has a has their oh, logo yeah. of some sort and has uh, <laughs> if anybody can translate the Arabesh, I'm pretty sure that's saying Star Waiver. Oh, that's yeah, kind of cool. Nice, yeah, neat little touch that they out. added to it. It definitely says Star Waver. Yeah. Okay, folks, we need to move on. Episode three was the Trinth. In the aftermath of the Empire's defeat, the remnants of the Imperial military begin the construction of two conjoined star destroyers that house a large super laser, I want to put that in quotes, laser, capable <laughs> of destroying planets. Using Sith alchemy, they are able to create two Force-sensitive biological twins named Kerry and Am, who they then train in the dark side of the Force. The twins eventually become leaders of the Remnant and plan to use their super weapon to destroy the New Republic. However, Kerry goes rogue on the day the weapon is supposed to be fired due to him having a vision of the future involving his sister's death. 
He also steals the large Kuiper crystal that powers the super weapon. Am confronts Kerry outside the Star Destroyers in outer space with no base helmet or anything, and they duel. During the battle, the crystal is split in half, and Am uses a piece to power a meta exoskeleton. I can't remember now for this. Using his X-Wing and the power of the hyperspace, Kerry is able to destroy Am's silver off the crystal and supernaser. He crash lands on Tatooine and fails to rescue his sister from the dark side. I say, like, actually, a couple of these actually ended in a cliffhanger, and this is one of them. So before before Chris tears this apart, I want to say I really enjoyed this episode. It's not my top. I think it's a fourth. <laughs> I think this one, you know, which is still really good. But when I remember last month, I said I'm looking for some real crazy lightsaber stuff, yeah. and this totally got it. Like at the very end when he puts the crystal to saber and the thing just explodes into this huge, huge beam that we can't even see the end of. And then he spins upside down and he cuts through a Star Destroyer with a light, giant lightsaber beam. I was laughing hysterically just out of pure wackiness and enjoyment. I did not take this one seriously. I did not place it in my canon group. I just placed it in my let's go crazy in anime group. And it really was. She put one in her chest they have giant <laughs> giant 100 foot long lightsaber I, it was great i it was, was very like super enjoyable. mega star wars kind of thing you know like it, it was just uh yeah like you said it just as crazy as you can go like, and they they had you said they had yeah, the lightsabers and, on their feet you know and all that, that, that's great oh yeah so, she had heels yeah it, <laughs> it was great so and, yeah and I, I know that ryan, ryan and i have ryan and i have already chatted about this a few times but i thought this episode was terrible i hated it <laughs> so so much i despised it i i i was so i was ready to give up on the entire visions series once i saw this one i hated it so much um i just felt like it was not what i was looking for at all and i was relieved that the next few episodes got you know way better but yeah the, the wackiness that ryan loves about it like not but, my jam at all <laughs> but wait the takeaway is the scene where he ignites this crazy long lightsaber blade and and it, and it slices the star destroyer or whatever you mentioned nothing to the fact that he's on the nose of an X-wing yeah, flying outside, through space, space. at yeah. speed of some yeah. some velocity. And, and, and the name you know, of his it, droid is the, is R Duo, which I thought was really dopey. Also, you know, yeah, you, you, you fail to mention it. that part of it. Yeah, th- there, this there was, was nothing that, about uh, this that I liked. Nothing. I don't even yeah, remember seeing the end of this one. I, I watched all these late at night, or you know, my first viewing of these is late at night, and this is one of the ones where I. Uh, I, I obviously zapped out because I just don't even remember the ending of this one. I'm yeah. sort of yeah. refreshing or whatever. Because if I would have seen this, I would have been in the same boat. I'm just like, yeah. okay, this is a little... It- it felt Whoa. like someone making fun of Star Wars to me. It felt like someone taking Star Wars ideas and being like making a parody. Like making yeah, a Yeah, the, the cajoin Star Destroyer is just... Really? You just build a whole new show. But yeah. yeah. Now, now <laughs> to, to get... From a positive standpoint of, 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 you know, not picking on it in that sense or whatever, they had their fun with it in that anime style of crazy over see, the top this, to what to somebody was like, enjoying of, 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 of what they were going for. If you had like a little kid, like make a Star Wars story and they would just right. do this, you yep. know, like in that, this, made, that's what made it fun for me to watch. Because it's like, okay, this it's is like really pure imagination Wars, yeah. and you're, yeah, like over the top. <laughs> Crank it to 12. That's why I don't like kids. Thank you, Marie. You mentioned our duo. I don't know if anybody noticed um, B, uh, B2NO or something like that. Whatever the droid's name was, the protocol droid, every one of Toby. those digits 
No, 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 not Toby. But oh, no. in this oh, one. Yeah, she oh, has, okay, a, she okay. has a C-3PO right. type droid, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right, right. It's protocol droids. One of the digits, it's, I think it was B2, like, NO or something, but every one of those digits is one off from C-3PO. C-3PO so, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, grown. More, more lack of imagination. <laughs> It's a, every one of them is the next number or digit in order for C-3PO. So it's like, oh, that's a neat little tie-in thing. Well, and, and to be serious about it, you know, obviously that's what they're going for here. This is a Luke Leia sort of dark side, um, in, not interpretation, but just a story from a different perspective, that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're having their fun with the R duo and the C-3PO plus one uh, designation. So this is supposed to be so, yeah. post-Empire because they, they're fighting against the New Republic. So mm. this is like your episode seven. Yeah, this ain't supposed to be canon. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody that wants to have episode seven redone, this is what you would get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought this was just. I mean, yeah, as, as Ryan says, if you take it, it's just somebody having uh, yeah, a bit just of having like, fun, fun and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it, it ticks those boxes. I just found it. I also found the story just had just seemed holes and odds. It's like, yes. you know, he's, yeah, in, he's in one. She's in one. Well, so she's in one Star Destroyer. The other one's in the other Star Destroyer. Go, and she's all ramping off and stuff. And I really hope my brother's on side. And then looks over and the brother's not there. And suddenly that's not, it's just, it just seemed odd. I had more of a problem with like the animation and voice acting. That's why I ranked it kind of low, but yeah, they definitely cut through a lot of stuff. Yes. Even the Haywards was all of one second. So to give their flashback story. So, yeah. I mean, I, and I, the idea was okay. I think the, in theory it was okay. I think it would have been quite interesting to have that kind of, oh, we already had trends before, but sorry, dark side trends source. It would have been quite interesting just the they sped it along a quick so they get to the crazy badass fighting on top of a um, <laughs> yeah let's say what is it? Anyway. was her name car or Kare? Kare. she had a i, I need a tip in her mask was was is remnant of some you know with the real pointy sides or whatever some sort of alien but i or some some movie that i can't picture the alien in um maybe it was the Bill Paxton movie, the Independence Day. What is her mask? Is is that what it's rem- reminiscent of or reminding me of? That kind of no, alien that, feature or something? What was that really pointing? I did. I kind of felt like it felt familiar too, but it was almost like a Wolverine mask with the ears on the side, but then a big pointy head in the back. The almost pointy? like, but that's more of a comics and a Reed Richards has a very similar mask, but without the ear pieces. So he has a very long, elongated alien like mask. Oh, and the other, the other ridiculousness of this is they're fighting in space with no helmets on in space. And then once Kara gets defeated, uh, Bizarro C-3PO has a helmet on in space to come and (laughs) rescue her. I busted up. My wife is like, why is the droid wearing a helmet? And I busted out laughing. Um, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Get, I'm frantically searching for this. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, the droid really? had a helmet on. The the droid had a helmet on. Okay. <laughs> Which was like, it I was, was, kind of, and it got me thinking, like, were they wearing, were the twins wearing helmets inside the ship? And then once they got out of the ship, they were yes, fine. Yes, yes. Exactly and then when the droid went outside the ship, he had to put a helmet on. So it was like reverse oxygen, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, yeah, it was just like, uh, this whole thing was just like a dream that you would have of Star Wars, you know. <laughs> Like a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> Chalk it up to just wild adventure. I didn't take yeah. this one too. Like I said, it's number five yeah. on my list. Uh, but it was still, it made me bust out laughing with some of the craziness of it. And I was like, okay, that was just neat. And fun. the 
want to have fun watching so, Star Wars, just throw this on. It'll make you make you laugh. Yeah, it was wild. It's like having a dream on, on Robitussin or something. <laughs> the droid truly has a... Oh, jeez. Okay. Yep. I it's, definitely it's did not make it to the end of this one. <laughs> I do not remember seeing that at all. Great, isn't it? It's Thankfully, ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we I just had a chuck. Uh, get ourselves moved on to that next uh, uh, episode four here. Um, yes. I'm, I'm watching just... the end of episode three here to see what, what the heck transpired. <laughs> yep. So episode four was The Finished Bride. Years after the great Jedi Purge, a fallen Jedi named F is drawn to a remote planet by an explorer named Falco, or Falcro, as I keep wanting to it, explains that bandit raiders have reprogrammed old Separatist battle droids and are holding the Finnish hostage. The Finnish chief's daughter, Haru, and her fiancé, Esu, intend to surrender to the bandits as collateral the following morning, while Haru's sister, Saku, wants to fight the bandits. The next morning, the bandits feel they have captured Saku and attempt to execute her, but F and Falco intervene and kill the bandits. F then departs the planet. Well, that's quite simple as a as a synopsis. I don't know. I, I, as beautiful as this episode was, like it felt the least Star Wars to me out of all of them. Like it, it was just kind of. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I mean, you have the Jedi just sitting there and they're not trying to help. I'm like, it was, I don't know. It, it it was kind of off for me, but it, it's, I still loved it. It was still good. But first to the twins because the village bride one kind of bothered me a lot. In what way? So. Okay, so in a, really only one way. After we had our discussion and you ranked it pretty high on your right. list, and I rank it, it relatively high, low. But it was it was okay. And everybody yeah, did yeah. online. I, I kept seeing people on Twitter claim, you know, say it was the, one of the best ones of the whole. It's, it's, it's one of their favorites. But I got it after my rewatch. I did bump it up a couple spots to number seven. So, but the music was fantastic. The animation was fantastic. I really loved it. But I just cannot get past the fact that a grandfather was going to let his granddaughter sacrifice himself. Like, it's ridiculous. Every movie in history is always like, the grandfather is going to be like, oh, we're going to take your daughter. And it's like, no, take me. The elder is always willing to sacrifice himself. And it just made me hate the whole village and the grandfather because he's like, he's being picked for sacrifice. Yeah, the I, granddaughter I was the sister the whole time. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can take her. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And it's like, it's just a gullible bride. I mean, the story was beautiful. I thought the relationship, the when that when the soon-to-be husband said a bride shouldn't get her feet dirty, it was wonderful. Yeah, the music was it was beautiful. But that's just that one point drove me bonkers. Where it's like, you cannot have a grandfather, an elder, that's like, yeah, take my granddaughter. I only have like five years to live anyway. Take my grand. It. it <laughs> yeah, drove that's fair. Bonkers. That's fair. Yeah. To yeah. me, what drove the story was the relationship between the two sisters. That was more interesting to me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I can see that being a, a problem in the story, right? Yeah, everything else was amazing. Like I said, I went back yeah, and I, great. you know, I bit, and that's when I was able to notice the story, and it, it let me want more. more I believe the twin story more than this one. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's interesting because I don't. <laughs> yeah. No. It apparently. <laughs> Falco, or whatever the master's name is, he wears an explosive helmet on his head. <laughs> he throws it, it shoots into the, which what I, it looked like a YT freighter. I don't know what model, but it right. certainly. It looked like a, a Falcon, right, right. The ramp was yeah, identical, right. Like I did yeah, love seeing the battle droids again and hearing uh, Matthew Wood do the voices. That was, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy that. That was funny. Yeah, I, I like, I like, anytime I see battle droids. 
I'm starting to enjoy them. I used to not like them before Clone Wars. Now I'm just kind of taking them as like a, a gag character. So oh, yeah. I gave it a little chuckle. I only started liking the battle droids in Aftermath when you have Bones being an altered battle droid and he's <laughs> super funny. So that's the only time I started to like them. I've always liked the battle droids. I always yeah, thought yeah. they were Watch it, watch it. Oh, uh, Chris, um, Chris, if you enjoyed the uh, Lego Star Wars thing you were watching, you should try watching Freemaker Adventures because they have a fun Oh, I, droid I love those. Yes, oh, okay. I, I watched those like a year or so <laughs> okay. ago. Yeah, I really did enjoy those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Roger, Roger yeah, is one of the one of the right, right. Yeah, yeah. Watch up, watch up, watch up, watch up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I did, I did enjoy this. I, I actually I enjoyed all of them, but like, yeah, this one was a uh, was pretty fun to watch too. But like, yeah, like I said, the, the Jedi just sitting there letting things happen, I was kind of bothered. So I was kind of happy. At, I was really happy at the end when when you know the one stood up. Well, and started talking about Jedi letting yeah. that happen because it's part of the culture. You don't want them to interfere in the culture type thing. Um, and, well, I guess they were kind of taking over the city. Yeah, yeah. no, that was weird. I guess. I was kind of confused. The mountain collapsed too. Was this know, the one where the she bride... uh, undid when she undid her heel? Was that this? Was no. this the one? Right? And she did the speed That's... burst thing. Was that this episode? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, right. Which I was kind of confused. Remember. Oh, maybe the, the... I couldn't remember where he. Yeah, I don't see the I, other. I did love doing that Padawan character. She was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did like her. I want to know more about the backstory. And but, but yeah, I was confused when the bride and the groom were talking to, which we assume is some force thing. They just call it not the force, you know, nature or whatever. Yeah. And then. Uh, all these mountains collapsed behind them. And I was like, wait, is this the planet showing a past or did all these mountains really collapse and then no one's thinking no big deal? I don't know. That was that was confusing too. I thought it was a sort of force. At- I was I don't I'm I need to watch it again, but I thought it was some sort of force vision that like the planet showing them something. Yeah, that's what I was confused about. I kind of felt that too, but then nobody mentions it whatsoever. So I was like, Well, what was that? So it was a little confusing in that point, and that's probably one of the reasons why I ranked it kind of low, because I was like, it's pretty unclear what's happening here. I don't know if a giant monster was going to pop up, and then they're just like, oh, that's just usual. That mountain disappeared. I'll walk you back down the mountain. Okay. That just disappeared. That was, yeah, yes, that was different. Okie dokie, folks. So episode five was the ninth Jedi, which probably, actually, look at this one's what we've got now, probably might be my second favorite, perhaps. It, it's my it's favorite, a- for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, it's because it's quite up there with the yeah. first one, yeah. Many generations after the Jedi Order became almost extinct, Margrave Druro, the Jedi ruler of a planet high Islan, invites seven Jedi to his aerial temple in order to receive lightsabers, whose design have been lost in time. A Jedi named Ethan arrives at the temple and meets the other six Jedi. They are then greeted by Juro's droid, who presents the first lightsaber to Ethan and promises that the others will arrive soon. On the planet's service, the Sabersmith... La, I'll just say, finishes constructing the other seven lightsabers, including one for his teenage force-sensitive daughter, La Kera. Suddenly, hunters working for the Sith arrive and capture Zima as Kira escapes with the lightsabers. Kira finds transportation to the temple and sends the lightsabers to the other six Jedi, who reveal themselves actually to be Sith members, wishing to assassinate Juro. As the Sith close in around Ethan and Kara, Juro's joy reveals himself actually to be Juro in disguise. And he helps him defeat the Jedi, sorry, defeat the Sith after an intense battle. Alongside one member of the Sith, Homin, revealed to have been a Jedi and friend of Jorah's who was brainwashed by the Sith's darkness instead of killed like his comrades. That's actually a long brackets there anyway. Aside from one member of the Sith, Homin, Kira Ethan join ranks and Jorah's new Jedi Order and set off on a quest to reunite all the lost Jedi and find Zima, who is now being held on the Sith occupied planet. Another cliffhanger, in a sense. Yes, uh, yeah, that was 
My, my favorite start. part of this one was the the lightsabers getting stronger as your your force uh, sensitivity went up. Like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I I just thought that the story in this one was so interesting and complex and a little bit busy for 20 minutes, but they packed a lot of story in that time and yeah. they got a lot of interesting twists across. Um, it is interesting too, though, that the one element that you know, struck my ears a little bit weird was the name Ethan. <laughs> and it, it's funny because in Star Wars, we have a history of some really uh, common uh, Jewish names. Uh, Leia is a Jewish name. Ezra is a Jewish name. Canaan is a Jewish name. But Ethan is a Jewish name. And it stuck out to me as sounding not Star Wars to me. And I don't know why. Hmm. Um, it sounded a little too modern Just to me, like yeah. 20th century kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everything's kind so, of like a biblical name in Star Wars, like Luke. And right, Jesus. right. So I understand why they use it, but it did ring funny to my ears, and I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing with this episode was the how they flipped the script, so to speak, as you're watching it and you don't know who's who's what, you know, that first time in or yes. whatever that the margrave yeah. seems seems sort of bad guy looking ish in, in design and everything and and all the people there you know look like they're want to be uh, jedi so to speak or whatever and then once the reveal happens as to who's good who's bad and what sides what whatever that you know that was a really uh, interesting juxtaposition of 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 playing on our perceptions expectations what we think we know and how the, you know how things might work whatever because you know i first see that guy i'm like i don't know that guy seems like he's um trying to draw everybody there you know is a bad guy trying to draw everybody there into a trap so to speak or whatever and then uh, i mean they do the blade reveal they obviously had a really nice line where the the bladesmith's talking about oh i i tempered the the crystals to reveal a true color of whoever's using it kind of thing or whatever and obviously you get that then when they when everybody ignites their saber and you see them all being red, that was that was you know from yeah, a cool. Star Wars storytelling standpoint, or whatever. That was a very cool uh, twist or a very very neat thing to to to, to showcase and, and put in front of us. And then likewise, the one dude yeah. at the end, his his saber goes from red to purple, like he's torn. They they talk him out of uh, fighting down the the, yeah. the the kid that showed up there, or whatever you know. And so he's. He was influenced by the other dark siders, whatever. Yeah, this one, this one had a. They obviously had, were given a, a wide berth. I think we learned that um, this was one of the ones that was like to be two separate stories and got combined into the one story, and they got a little bit more rope uh, to play with in terms of the length of the story to be able to tell. But oh, I they didn't know that. A, they crammed a lot into into this one short, so to speak, and I think did it did it very very well. Like a lot of them, it just ends. You know, it just. Does this one tie into that manga just, that's going like, to come out? The manga? Maybe. No, no idea. It could. Very yeah, well. she got to go rescue, rescue her father or um, the swordsmith. You know, there's, there's, could be some continuation of this story in this, this, this timeline or this universe. But yeah, this Edge one, this one is very well done. Yeah, it just doesn't have the. The other yeah, thing about this episode, the... and I think it's probably true, it should be sort of a, my thought at the end after we collapse them all. But this one had a soundtrack that just. You didn't it, – it very much was the oxygen of Star Wars because you really didn't – I, I mean if you go back and listen to it, you don't notice it, but it's there in terms of helping to build the suspense and the energy and and to paint a picture of the scene. That This one had a, a, a really um, – robust soundtrack i thought that uh, really really appreciated and i think a number of them did and going back and sort of listening to them in that sense that they they took some they put some effort into 
you know, uh, creating the soundtrack for, for the, 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 the musical um, riffs and notes or whatever. They didn't use anything Williamsy, but there were some things that sort of Williams-esque in this one, I believe. Yeah, I thought it was a nice twist with the lightsabers, a good story, fantastic animation. It was like my number two for sure. It's I couldn't find any problems with it, and it left you wanting more. It was just a really good story overall. Oh, that speeder chase through the woods, you know, very obviously reminiscent of Jedi, but yeah, or Return of the Jedi, but yeah, that was for animation. You know, it was hard enough to do in camera or whatever, but doing that animation, I thought it was incredibly well done. It's a story like this that makes me wonder that if they do a season two, if any of the episodes of season two will be follow-ups to any episodes in this one. Uh, Like if they'll, even if it's not canon officially, if they'll continue some of these stories, because I think that some of them, do have the potential for that, and this was uh, one of them. I'd say this, and um, obviously the the dual Ronin one um, have potentials to continue on. Um, and so I kind of wonder and uh, I hope that we see more of these characters. That would be fun, a fun thing to do to sort of the, the next visions, visions you know, like say a season two, a couple of them would tie into season one like that, and then the other ones yeah. are all new, and maybe some of those yeah. then have the ability to dovetail into a season three that the ones from season one would sort of get wrapped up or otherwise and maybe or maybe you know something could continue on to a season three and but they don't have to write them to that sense. yeah that would be a fun fun way to have these vision but this vision things has been going obviously it got probably delayed in in covid and everything was built during all that but it, it took them a long time from um the idea of it until it's you know how long does it take to animate these things in in in, in their way that season two could 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 be a, a ways off i would think right i thought they said Unless they've been they working started. on this for years yeah I, I was under the impression it was years too yeah awesome. i mean that's stewards that's the initial idea from approaching them flying all over the country you know world and then um world you know develop world. yeah and Literally. it's yeah, yeah and then and having the, to right and having to a sort of green light or okay the various stories and the like, whatever that might, they, now that they have a handle on how to do it or what they're looking for, whatever. Yeah. yeah they might could, that process could be perhaps streamlined, but yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Now they have the characters already like drawn out and, you know, a neat part of the, of the globalization shrinking process that is the internet and the connectivity to be able to do something like this, like you say, to be all over the world and collaborate in such a manner to get this in front of us. Like they did appreciate all those efforts for sure. Right. Imagine getting a bunch of different people from different locations to do a Star Wars thing. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was technology. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that happening. <laughs> okay, yeah. guys. Moving on. Episode 6. T-0-B-1, or Toby. Shortly after the Great Jedi Purge, a droid named Toby lives on the desert planet with his armless creator, Fasha Mid. Mataika, 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 and dreams become a Jedi Knight. One day, Mataika tells him in order to become a Jedi, he must first find a kyber crystal so that he can forge a lightsaber. Toby scours the planet but finds nothing. He defies Mataika's orders to never enter the basement, discovers a starship, and accidentally sends a signal that alerts a Sith Inquisitor to their presence. Mataika reveals himself to be a former Jedi and hides both Toby and the old lightsaber hilt. When Toby finds a hiding spot, he discovers that the Inquisitor has ransacked Mataka's lab and killed him. Toby continues his research and successfully terraforms the planet, but he is confronted by the Inquisitor. Upon fixing Mataka's lightsaber, Toby was revealed to be powered by a kyber crystal and designed by by Mataka to be able to wield the Force. An ignited lightsaber kills the Inquisitor in a duel. He then departs the planet and explores the galaxy and upholds Mataka's legacy. 
This one gave me uh, total Pinocchio vibes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, this is Pinocchio in 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 a galaxy far far away. Never go I, I like that the aspect. first place to go, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It's, Never it's, go in the basement. Tells him every day. Daddy, no. only listen yeah. to the guy. They could have. He could have just did his job, and then he wouldn't have died. <laughs> it's Pinocchio meets Astro Boy, right? Yeah, I, I kept saying uh, similarities with this. Uh, yeah, I don't know Astro Boy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit now, you just brought it up. It's Astro Mac. Boy. I was like. I, this seems familiar somehow, and I can't pinpoint it. Even the shape of his head. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is a cool one. I mean, I I, I did. Uh, I don't know why they keep using Inquisitors and in all these though, but like, yeah, no, that was a. I well, they the need a bad guy, and that's an unknown bad guy thing that yeah, they can get away with. Bad guy right there. Yeah, ready made. I would just uh, make Darth Vader. <laughs> if I you can't be. kill him, so you know you can't have the you can't have him do kill him. So you can do whatever you want. <laughs> have the have the inquisitors they can be you can have as many of them as you want and and yeah everybody can dispatch them accordingly this was fun for what it was um it's a, it's animation style very unique um and and again from yeah. what it was or from the studio from what it was i think it probably hit real home for you know the cute little droids bouncing around and and you know sort of emoting um smiles or, or you know happiness in their actions and everything yeah this was this i think this one's was fun anime this one kind of grew on me i didn't like it i didn't like it at first but it, it did grow on me i mean i'm not super fond of the pinocchio vibe but um i can deal with it 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 was it, it was just that that one thing of like this looks really familiar, and I can't pinpoint it, and I can't remember who mentioned that it was Astro Boy, but you're right. Yeah, it was it was cute. I had it ranked number four on my list. It had a great battle at the end. You know, and any time an anime character levels up for the final battle, I always lose my mind over that. So when he when his little robot friend joins him and he turns into like yeah. Tron Bot. Oh, that was yeah, cool. yeah. Tron Bot exactly. It was it was just really cool. I could have done without the squishy feet in the final battle it was fine during the regular show but when you're getting serious in the final battle i kind of wish they would have got rid of the <laughs> as he's running around <laughs> yeah it's but it brings up an interesting question he's an android but he uses yeah. the force so he calls his lightsaber using the force so it kind of makes me wonder you know i don't know it just makes me wonder i suppose you know, yeah the, the, i had the same sort of thing it's like yeah wait all living things surrounds us binds us uh, yeah it's like but he's a droid, so that's not really gonna. That doesn't. So yeah, it's, it's artificial intelligence, a living thing. I mean, yeah, he's powered by a kyber crystal, yeah, so in a kyber thing. This, this goes back to something that was in the very first movie, which is posing droids as uh, actual beings. I mean, one of the first things that C three PO says in the first movie is, uh, "We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life," and. <laughs> You know, the whole idea is that droids are people, too. Um, and the fact that this droid is, is uh, you know, wielding the force, so to speak, I felt actually was a nice little exploration, whether you buy into it or not. It was a nice well, idea. Programming that AI into, into that, yes. But the forces, uh, all living things, uh, that has a But no. C-3PO says it's our lot in life. Darth Vader was more machine than man, you know. Like, right. He has no arms. But he's still, he's still, he's still living out. thing. He's still able. But from a That's standpoint of yeah, having having some fun to tell a story, it was it was, yeah. it was a, a fun story. There's also like yeah, his, when he's the professor, 
you see him as a boy. So it almost makes you wonder, it's like, was this formerly his Padawan? And then, like, maybe he's got a human brain or something. And then it yeah, calls him out. Grievous if he's yeah, just like a brain Grievous. and lung. Can yeah. But Grievous didn't use so the force. Yeah, but did Grievous, yeah, about. Ricky brings up a good point. Do we see Grievous use the force? No. He just knew he was like, no, he's no. Right? Did, he ever, did we ever see him? Did we ever see him force anything? Yeah, but Grievous no. was no. still a living creature. Even though but, he was but, mostly mechanical, he still was, uh, he started out as an organic being. Um, his eyes and his organs are still like from a real being, and he's just what being about kept Geo? alive. <laughs> Geo, that's another whole category, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it begs the question if you're force sensitive, how much of your body can you get rid of and still be force sensitive? Obviously, Vader lost a lot. And if yeah. you just take Vader's brain and put it in a jar, could he still move things? Mm. I mean, you can't sure. use light. Doesn't Yoda say the force surrounds us, binds us, it's in this, that, and the other? Doesn't he say, and the rocks? Yeah, yeah. Between the tree and the rock. Everything is... uh, It's everything. It's not just things that specifically we call life. How about this, then? Maybe Qui-Gon explains or talks about something in those later chapters or whatever. There's the cosmic force and the living force. So maybe the TOB1 could be tied to the cosmic force in some fashion. That if it's between the trees and the rocks... Because it ain't the living force. He's a droid. Living things, are they? Yeah. Still makes me wonder. Something because he was a boy in the image. But again, it's a Pinocchio callback. So any, I had no idea he was arms. (laughs) I had no idea that the master had no arms. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he had sleeves but no arms. What? Yeah, he had sleeves but no hands. Oh. Geppetto had no. You're saying Geppetto had no arms? He had no hands. He had sleeves that hung down, but he had no hands. Okay. Uh, Yeah, because (laughs) the Inquisitor says you're armless, master, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's armless. But he didn't have any weapons. But I thought the other one, other with the the one we talked about with the princess, had the Knights of Knee. Knights of me. Yeah, Anakin is a knight of me, isn't he? If you think it's about it. Flesh wound. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> just with a scratch. Yeah, a cute one. I enjoyed The Japanese voice was so, the one who does Japanese voice of Goku. So I love watching that one in dub because it's Goku's voice. And I think it's great. So is TOB1, if he's armless, is TOB1 his, his or all, I guess all those droids, he had all those droids in his, didn't even notice that in this episode, or in, in that short. I don't think I've watched that one many times. Um, you know, that did all the work for him that, that uh, even, you know, if he didn't have arms. So the, the Inquisitor actually named, or brought that up and said that out loud that you're armless master. Interesting. That's the only reason I called it is because he said mm. that. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, folks. Moving on. Yep. Episode seven: The Elder. Centuries after the death of Darth Bane and the initial extinction of the Sith, yep. Tajan and his Padawan Dan are sent to explore the Outer Rim when Tajan senses a disturbance in the Force. They land on an isolated planet and arrive at a remote village where they learn of a mysterious Elder Man who hiked onto the mountaintop. Dan follows the Elder's trail, meets the man, reveals himself to be a former Sith who left the Order before it fell apart. The Elder wounds Dan. I thought he killed him initially, but and Tajin arrives to fight the Elder. Tajin narrowly manages to kill the Elder, who turns into a rocky sediment and destroys his ship before he dies. As they leave the village upon Dan's recovery, Tajin tells Dan that being a Jedi means being kind-hearted, so they do not end up like the Elder. Oh, as a moral of the story, that's nice too, because I missed that the first time around. Okay, what do we think? This one, well, I, I marked as my favourite. Oh, oh I, I have a very, very interesting. Yes, I 
loved and adored absolutely everything about this. I thought it fit 100% in canon. I thought it was just the essence of, you know, Star Wars, uh, just the way that Tajin the Master was. Uh, David Harbour's voice was hypnotizing to me. I just loved his Jedi voice where, you know, he's dark and mysterious and he seeps all deep and stuff. I loved it. I thought he made a great mysterious it kind of like riddles he kind of speaks like there's all it like qui-gon he speaks a lot like yeah, qui-gon very Every, master Je- yeah, yeah master yeah. padawan that was the vibe that's what you loved yeah that's a, that's what made this one fun it fits with no questions asked within it left me wanting more because he had a ship they didn't have to show the ship exploding they made a point to be like the ship is exploding there's more to this mystery and it's like oh my god but the battle was amazing how the padawan wants to take him on you know the padawan craves adventure and that's always something they have to learn he goes about by himself and then tajin is like run you know that classic thing even in morpheus where he tells neo to run and neo turns and faces him and in this one dan american dan is struck down (laughs) that's not a jewish name it was another jewish name yeah yeah it is daniel oh it is there we go yeah yeah so i thought this was beautiful. And then the master comes up, redeems him. He's got the green lightsaber. It was perfect in every way. I loved this plus, episode. Plus there's the lesson aspect of the, of the, you know, you can have the power, but ultimately time will consume even the all powerful, you know, that, that he was only yes. able to best the elder because um, he had time on his hand or, you know, he had time as an ally that, that had, 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 had he fought him in his prime, the outcome might have not might have been uh, different. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's why this one probably resonated so much with you and, and, and me as well, is because it was very Star Warsy in that that master apprentice, that master Padawan, that lessons to be learned, things to be taught, and and oh, and control so and cool. run and yeah, not a, seek adventure and you know be be mindful of the situations you get yourself into and all of that was very well done. Coupled with the fact that the dude ship was a very cool design, you know yeah. that was. Yeah, it was a very, it was. very, you know, I definitely want to see that one in, in plastic in the way, some way, shape or form. You know, I'm actually, seen it once. I actually, I thought this was wonderful and I especially love the animation of the elder's face. Uh, oh, I thought yeah, it, it yeah. looked beautiful, nice but nerve. I am going to take, I'm going to take an opposite stance than Ryan on one minor aspect of this. And that is David Harbour. Um, I love David Harbour as an actor. I think he's fantastic, but I actually thought that his performance in this episode was terrible. Um, I can understand. He sounded he sounded like he was on heroin or morphine. He sounded like he came in at 6 a.m. and he's a night person and he was not awake when he was reading his lines. And he sounded just so sedate that I wanted to just shake him and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Well, see, and that uh, added yeah. to like the age of the master, though. That that's kind of what I picked it down to. Uh, it didn't sound old. It sounded just droopy. Well, weary. Uh, to it me. was dry. Yeah. It was very, very yes. monotone yeah. and very. And, uh, I was just disappointed in David Harbour for you know taking that direction. And I know that Ryan likes it, and probably a bunch of you like it too. But that was the one thing that I was disappointed about, especially since I am a fan of David Harbour. Um, I might have liked it because it was just. A little bit weird. You know, it wasn't a character speaking in his normal voice. He had that very Qui-Gon essence where he spoke low and deep and everything he said meant something. But, yeah, I totally get it. I totally understand it. I'm not faulting that one at all. But, yeah, I can understand how his voice can't be monotone. 
where he's the quiet master and Dan is the, you know, eccentric the, Padawan. The, yeah, so the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liking him, it's, it's it not a very like good Padawan. You're, you're, you're waiting a little <laughs> bit because you knew who you knew who the voice was and you, you were expecting a little bit more. From, you know, I had no idea. No, actually, I was voice, watching yeah, it. I no it was it after the fact. I, I was watching it and I hated the voice so much that I looked it up on IMDb. I just see who it was. And then you're like, yeah. then you're really like, more, it adds Harper, to the what? You, you should have done so yeah. much better. Okay. But just, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. The, the singing up, the singing episode, we were all like, oh my gosh, this guy can't sing. <laughs> like when we were watching. And it, we I thought his voice was great. I thought the song was I, terrible. I had no I, idea. But I liked it. The song was terrible. His voice wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, we were all like, yeah. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't even. No, that was David Harbour in this one. Me neither. Until yeah. I googled it, because I'm like, I have to know who that voice is, and I'm like, oh, good for him. So there were <laughs> a lot of really significant cameos in these nine episodes um, from American and British actors. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. satisfying. You throw at, at this point in time here in 2021 in the age demographic, and if you throw the opportunity to do something Star Warsy to just about any actor, aren't they going to jump gonna on it? it? You know, yeah, because, gonna, because yeah. everybody, it, it's whether you're an Uber fan talking about it on a Sunday morning like us, or just you know, anybody's going to want their yeah. piece of being in in some some aspect of the universe. And voiceover is incredibly easy to do it. Yes. Yeah, I I think that would be easy so long as they don't do it for flash you know they don't need to it's star wars you don't need to get oh um uh, kanye you know you don't need to get somebody that's just some voice or some name just be, to draw attention to get that that's right graphic. That's just right. get names or get people that work for the the character or something and if they happen to be a, a gordon levitt you know famous person that's great and all but yeah i don't need a name just to draw attention to it yeah, well, especially just, since you're not seeing the actor's face, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, a no, lot of yeah, celebrity yeah. actors can have a level of anonymity by doing a voice part. And, oh. you know, George Takei uh, was in, I think, the last episode in Visions, but it's not the first time that George Takei has done a voice for Star Wars. He did a bunch of voices for Clone Wars, too. Yeah, and you don't really so, recognize that it's him. He's like doing a voice, whereas if they do, who's the, I'm going to draw a blank, who's the guy that does more cowbell? You know, if it uh, was Christopher him, Walken. Yeah, if it's yeah. if it's him, you're gonna know it's him. You know, that's what yeah. I mean. that's wow. that's we can't have that person. Mountain. Yeah, I can't have that person being <laughs> being a voice. You know, just because his voice is too, his cadence yeah, and everything would be too much. Oh, I know, you know who that is, kind of thing, whatever. But it's like if you having, use like uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's voice for a character. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. A droid, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, this one was interesting um, as the elder tries to force lightning or uh, and, and he doesn't he like puts the hilt in his chest and then ignites it. <laughs> yeah. It was a very, yeah. Very, 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 very interesting new move of, 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 of a of a death knell uh, kill, so to speak. That was great. Because you can make yeah. get past their saber. Because if you were to move sideways, you would clash sabers. Well, if you turn it off, you just move your hand sideways and then turn it right back on. It's just such an artistic style that I thought was beautiful, where it paused yeah. for that split speed. Yeah, and then lit. A, yeah, there's a beat right in there. Yep. It's great. It's really nice. The, the Wait, doesn't elder... Anakin do that at one point? He ignites his lightsaber when it has. Uh, Kylo Ren does it in Last Jedi. Oh, um, he does yeah, it. she throws Ray it. Ray tosses yeah. the, the saber to him, and then he. Oh, he does that it. to Han. Yeah, in uh, Force Awakens. <laughs> no, he pushes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does in Rise of Skywalker. He doesn't put it to his chest and then turn it on. He pushes it mm. in. I just want to know. Ray like, does it, Ray does it to like the this. behind her, but Ray also does it to Kylo in Rise of Skywalker. Remember, she holds yeah. it to his stomach yeah. and lights it. Yeah. Yeah. Great episode. Okay, right.
Next episode was uh, Blop and Ochi, episode eight. Uh, during the reign of the Empire, a rabbit-like alien slave named Lop escapes her captors on the planet Tau, or two, and is discovered by the planet's clan leader and the daughter Ochi, the latter of whom convinces the former to adopt her as his daughter. Seven years later, the Empire has occupied the planet and is exploiting it for its natural resources. Yas- Yasaburi wants to drive the Empire off the planet, while Ochi wants to cooperate with the Empire. After failing to convince Yashibushi to join her. Ochi enlists in the Imperial Navy despite Lop's protests. With Ochi gone, Yasaburi passes down the family treasure, an ancient lightsaber, given to their ancestor and passed down through the generations, to the Force-sensitive Lop and departs to confront Ochi. Ochi blinds Yasaburi in a fight, but Lop arrives and injures Ochi, who is forced to flee. Lop then vows to return Ochi home. Cliffhanger. Uh, The one with the rabbit. Uh, I was expecting yeah. this one to be a lot more like wholesome Studio Ghibli kind of thing, and it was right. so intense. It, <laughs> it was. was. Ocho, yeah. Ocho was so mad the whole episode and screaming. I'm like, eh, this no, is not what not... I expected from this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in that respect, I thought that it was a much better episode than I was expecting it to be. I enjoyed it way more, and it was darker <laughs> and much more intense uh, than I was expecting. I figured with a rabbit as a main character, it would get all kind of cutesy and Care Bearish, but it was very satisfying to me and a great ending. Great. See, ending. and I wanted it to be all cutesy and Care Bearish. I was expecting that. <laughs> I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted a nice little cute Star Wars story, and yeah, not what you This one was not cute. Definitely, it was. I, I surprisingly serious. find find this one. I guess because of the length, this one had a you know was given a big long leash as well, being one of one of the long ones. Whatever the story this on this one. This one did run on a little bit, yeah. This, the story in this one had a, had a lot to it that I find this one it's, I don't know that it's my top I haven't really ranked them but this one this one really uh, resonated with me I'm not sure why yeah. I don't know if it's because I was waiting for Chim Chim and Spritel to show up um, it just it, it had a it had a the, the dad in this had a just a I just couldn't get over it I was just waiting for him to yell at the, the monkey at some point in time um, I don't know who that is speed, at all yeah, yeah. it's a speed it's a very dated <laughs> reference for where's my 70s oh, kids like me Speed racer. I'm a '70s stuff. kid, but oh, I don't yeah, know Jim that Jim. one at all. Yeah. That da- that dad didn't the dad didn't ring ring a bell of of the in Speed Racer and always. I've never seen up. Speed Racer. Oh, I don't know goodness. anything about it. All right, so yeah, yeah you got to go through, look up. Um, this one was interesting. This this one had the use of Dank Ferrick. So you know, okay. as much as all the other ones had a, I got a bad feeling about this one. This one brought in a a, a more modern um a bit of a. a um, terminology in it um i found it interesting the droid that was flying around lop once they get like she had a neck you know and they'll blow you up type of collar type of thing or whatever right that she was in a, she ran away as an imperial worker or something like that yeah. once like she gets collar. yeah yeah once she gets taken in by the family then the droid that's been running around with her this whole time decides to cut it off of her yeah neck. that's what i was, was kind of like it's like well, why didn't you help her out you know help her brother out a little sooner <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but the, the transition of the daughter from you know having daughters it, it was a little maybe that's why this rings true to me just you know the going against the father's wishes or the father's trying to tell you no this is the way and she's like no no this is the way and going against it there was that carried some weight and, and was i think um well done in, in the storyline and her cutting off her braids you know and just it's it's tropey type of stuff it's it's formulaic but it was yeah. it was a good formula in the sense for this story and and where she's going and 
the transit obviously there's a seven years later transition but from her cherub likeness to her teenage niceness to her imperial persona of that character you know she's got some great character models as as they progress through this story that this was this is an, uh, yet another one that was some great eye candy in all of this, as well as a good story to be told. This one left me wanting more, honestly. Yeah. I wanted much, much more of this story, how, how it continued, how like Lop um, goes up against her sister, maybe. I don't know. But this one really left me wanting more. Yeah. In a good way, though, I think. Yeah. Uh, like I'd want it to be one of those in season two that has a follow up episode. Um yeah, this one. Yeah, I think they all. Well, you know, the elder could have a, a prequel. That'd be interesting in terms of a follow up and continuation. Like we're talking about a continuation for this one or something. Or, but that elder episode could have a have a prequel aspect to it, to where the elder would where what the elder was like in his prime or something. That could be. Yeah, that would. Too. That would yeah, be an interesting to see. Yeah, very cute episode. I liked the character. I thought it was great. Very good. This one too. Very, very, yeah, a, a mix. This one's tough. Which one is it? Is it more Star Wars than it is anime or Japanese culture? Or is it more Japanese culture than it is Star Wars? This one had a seemed to have enough peanut butter and enough chocolate mixed together ratio <laughs> to really, to really the, just make it. With the dad a, um, rebelling against you know the Empire, that that felt really Star Wars to me. It it yes. reminded me like a Rebels a lot, and and you know in that kind of aspect where. You know, you yes. have like regular people, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And let's, you know, revolt against them, especially watching Resistance now. It's kind of the same kind of theme. So I, I like that aspect of it. I yeah, like that aspect a lot, too. That was like the, that was like one of those things that really rang true to me that like this whole um, people that have like everyday lives just trying to go along to get along until they can't. And dealing with the impact of the Empire on their lives. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And how they can twist your young ones to go against right. you. Right. To, to go, right. yeah, to go against the family. All you've been raised and, and everything you've been taught or whatever, and you're completely brainwashed, uh, kind of thing, or whatever. Yeah. Like again, having 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 two two daughters, it, it, maybe that's why this rings true so 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 much that there's those outside outside influences. You do so much to raise them. You do so much to to you know. I don't want to say impart your ways on that, but you know, just there are other things that are molding and shaping them into the into the human beings that that they're going to be. They're going to be their own person, and ultimately, that's what you want for them. But sometimes, some of the decisions that are made or things that are said are, are, are you know have have some difficulty processing from a dad's right. standpoint. Yeah. That, they have their own experiences, and that kind that kind of speaks to that, that shapes them. Yeah, that shapes them too. You know, you're you're not thinking of the fact that those outside experiences may shape them more than what you're trying to impart. Right. And you were shaped, you know, you were shaped in much in the same way. So you have to let that happen. And it's yeah. So that may be why this one resonated so much with me of, of, of a of a story uh, told as well as it was. I wonder I, I'd love to know. I'd love to have a Japanese influence on a Senate in terms of how this one, because of its Star Wars mix and its Japanese culture mix, uh, how how this one resonates with some uh, some of, of the culture uh, to see what they what, what they would have to say about it. I really think I this would very limited for that. Japanese culture, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but I'm really interested. I was was really interested too. That's one of those aspects that I wanted to see was like uh, how much of Japanese culture really reflects on this. And you can see it in some of the stories, like the Village Bride. You can kind of see it in that. Oh sure, and yeah, that one huge. This one for sure. But mm. um, I I think it would be a good idea to see if we can um, pull in somebody who could explain some of this to us. You know, not explain so much or like kind of shed more light on that aspect of things. As this episode had... also has the uh, element of the found family that 
is in so much of other Star Wars elements too, like the idea of an adopted child. And that this adopted child was given just as much weight in the family as the biologically related one. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of that, that that connects back to the Star Wars stories, the films as well as like something like Rebels. I, yeah. I've had both a, a daughter and a rabbit, so I was uh, surprised which one <laughs> saved the <dad. laughs> This is your favorite episode. Like I said, my first one with the Emperor and the Cup of Tea. Well, it, it was making me realize how in, with the six of us, because I know Tony isn't with us today, but um, with the six of us, we are an even split between folks that are parents and folks that are not. So that's kind of interesting to me. Oh, yeah. and, and also the most, uh, this chat had the most positive um, reaction to losing his ever eye. It's like, oh, I appear to have lost my second eye. Um, thing. I thought that's, that's amazing. That's probably the most positive reaction to losing your vision that I've ever heard of. They can deceive <laughs> you. <laughs> Don't trust yeah. them. Yeah. They had a good, uh, like the sequel trilogy line where the daughter is like, that saber belongs to me. That's very much Kylo. Yeah. Where he's sure. yelling at Ray, it belongs to yeah. me. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I don't know if it's really a callback because, I mean, everything is a story and everything else. But it, it definitely felt like it, too. So yeah. you, that line is definitely related. So I thought that was a good thing, too. There's something it's always an emotion. There's something to the storyline of entitlement. Well, you're not necessarily entitled to it. You have to earn it. Sure, it belongs to you, but uh, and the, you know it's the family saber or whatever she says, or whatever. But, but you didn't, you know, you didn't earn it like I did. You know, she she wasn't gloating over it, and nobody else was, or whatever. But yeah, that belongs to me, eh, kinda, but not so much. Because while you're entitled to it from a handed down, you also have to earn it. You also have to be worthy of it, I guess, in in, in some capacity. Was this the yeah. lo- was this the longest one? I'm trying to look second at the length. This is this is the second longest. Okay, that's why yeah, that's why it helped too because it it. So I think it's this next one, the last one, just kind of yeah, they just yes. some of them just kind of end. Surprisingly, this <laughs> one didn't. Kind of, this one didn't like hop along like as quick as. Ah, uh, very good. Yes. Uh, you, you've been sitting <laughs> on that since you've been sitting on that since this dropped. Yeah, you got to drop a couple carrots here and there. Okay, so the final one, uh, episode nine. <laughs> well done, Ricky. Akakira, Akakira, Anakin. 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 <laughs> just keep calling it Anakin. The, prior to the initial extinction of the Sith, a Jedi named Tsubaki, who yeah. has been suffering from visions of an unidentified individual dying in front of him, reunites with his old love, Misa, or Misa, Misa, oh, a princess who had been overthrown by her dark side wielding aunt Masago, and what a, who reminded me of um, Captain Phasma. With the aid of guys, Subaki and Misa make their way to the Royal Palace. Masako captures her Subaki's friends and overpowers him, then attempts to convince him to join her as her apprentice. When Subaki refuses, Masako's masked henchmen attack him. Subaki kills them, but also accidentally kills Misa, dressed in her uniform, just as he had foreseen. Completely broken, he agrees to join Masako, forming a dyad, to resurrect Misa, and departs. The end. This one, I don't know. I don't know if it was the setting or what. Like the whole, because they were like in a courtyard kind of thing. It, yeah. It felt so much to me more like Japanese than the other ones did. Like just the whole setting. Like it felt like I was watching some kind of a movie. You know, like it was. I I, I really did like this one, even if it was kind of like slow a little bit. But it, yeah. And the two peasants are really a callback to the two peasants in yeah, Kurosawa's yeah. Hidden Fortress, which oh, they're, 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 they're not, not a, call. they're not a callback. 
they are a direct get. I haven't seen much of the Hidden Fortress, and it's been a long time, but my goodness, they, that seemed... It's exactly I them. mean, yeah, they are, they're not a Which callback. Which were the basis for the droids. Or anything. Yeah. yeah, and that's great for those... What I really appreciated, while a lot of us that have been around it a long time know that, I've heard of to any new fans that might be getting into this or whatever, that hear this for the first time, you know, and they could then see that story or find out that influence and go find hidden fortress and see how the, mm-hmm. these guys back. call back or derivative, <laughs> you know, and all that. Cause even I, I think hidden fortress, aren't the two guys protecting, uh, uh, doing exactly this traveling with a princess and keeping yes. her safe or something like that. Yes. So yeah, this yeah. is, this is, yeah. this yes. is hidden fortress retold and animated and stuff, which is great, which is fine. Cause it needs to be so that, you know, people get that influence on George cause it had, that influence on him yeah such such an influence that we get this and we get to talk about it so yeah i really liked this episode because of that because of what they did and i'm glad they saved it for last you know that that we got all those other ones and the fun crazy big giant lightsaber and on flying on x-wings and space kind of stuff whatever but they 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 had this one saved this one for last as 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 an homage of sorts or otherwise a respecting the, yeah. the roots of, of things that uh, really, well, I mean, really enjoyed that they used this story. If any of these were like meant to be like a retelling of the actual saga, like this was, you know, Anakin in Padme, you know, like he totally like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doomed yeah. himself. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Given yeah. himself up he to, about, to save her. Yes. And somebody, there was a line in there too about the, oh, you should, like a master, this kind of jumped around. I had a little bit of a tough time with it. I need to see it again. Jumped around in timeline, if I recall, right? There was like flashbacks and, and different parts of the scene, you know, just all over the place. But there's yeah, like a master yeah. telling him, somebody else should go in your stead that you shouldn't, you shouldn't go. You're going to be tempted or something like that. That was really, um, uh, a compelling sort of scene of sorts to uh, once you've seen it because at first I didn't quite get what was going on, <laughs> but but yeah you know, once you've seen it and understand it then it's like oh okay yeah like I was trying to warn you and yeah, yeah we've seen this before but oh man it is still hard to watch each time it happens but it's it is you know it's yeah this it's, one the, the parable is pretty clear on, on this yeah. One. yeah you don't try to stop your own vision because you only end up causing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very Oedipal. It's 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 very much the Oedipus story, which comes into play a lot in the Anakin story, obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and and it, it's not really talked about much in in Star Wars or whatever. But you know, Anakin's downfall is ultimately boiled down to love, isn't it? That yes. that's the thing that that's the thing, and that's kind of what this one, right? That that's the thing that that leads him to his downfall was was yes. is, is is love for Padme, kind of thing, whatever that makes us makes us guys do crazy things to some extent, you know. It just but it's, it's also it's, the love of his son that brings him back, right? Yeah, yeah no, beautiful yeah. beautiful poetry to yeah. to bring it around, right? Right. It's like selfless love, though. Like he he was afraid of losing her, and then with and with uh, Luke, he wanted to protect him. But yes. without yeah. like, him. It had nothing to do with him. It was just him trying to protect. So yeah, it was. It was. It's good. I, I like when they throw little, you know, story and meanings, and and that's the hardest Star Wars for me is is getting uh, something out of the story <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's probably why the twins doesn't work for us, right? What was the, what was the yes. story? Yeah. What was the yep. story? Yeah, the storytelling that was all visual eye candy and like I say, a little kid telling their fun story. But yeah, no, Star Wars is ultimately storytelling, and if you have good story, anything will work visually. I- I had this one as my least favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Least. I, 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 the yeah, bottom I of it. the list. The bottom. I, I get it. it. It's kind of it's kind of slow. Well, you know, okay. But... Elaborate, please. To elaborate, yeah. What what, what this one didn't. I don't know. If it's, 
the story never really got me. The animation was weird. Jumping back and forth. Um, I didn't feel With like there's. The yeah, the I don't know if I was, was just tough. attention by that time, uh, especially after La Pinocchio, which was great. But it's this one did not catch me. I'm I will have to give it a rewatch after listening to some of this to see some of the links. But yeah, it was just and then using you know the dark side were healing. You know, it's just. I don't know. I just really didn't enjoy this one. It was weird for me. Animation really wasn't my style. Animation always plays a huge role in my decision. So uh, it was just a really weird style for me. The story really didn't catch me all that much. But I'll give it a rewatch. But I definitely don't see it coming off the bottom of their list. Still enjoyable. I, the bottom does not mean bad. The bottom just means good, not great. Is, is the village bride right above it? Uh, let me check here. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because you're the only one that actually ranked it. Because, like, I don't care about rankings or anything but yeah i i was surprised on a technical level maybe not a technical level but i was surprised that they ended the series with this one i don't think that it was a strong one to go out on and i actually thought why yeah. not end it with the ninth jedi as episode nine because there's just some poetry yeah, that, that. that would have been oh awesome. that yeah. is and, and that would have been yeah. a stronger one to end on i think because yeah. it was one of the strongest and most complex stories um i, th- I think maybe if you do it like air per left week, you- like on tv you probably would have done that but since yeah. this is all on demand stuff then yeah i mean and left you wanting more right. yeah but they're listed as one through nine and, and you sort of watch mm-hmm. them in order you know while it's on demand right. you could skip around all you wanted no that that would have been a genius so move let me ask you guys this like out of all of that. them which one do you think you will not watch again the twins. <laughs> the twins see and i don't think i would i don't think i would watch the lop and ocho one again interesting yeah i <laughs> yeah. like that one a lot i i liked it more than that i expected to i would watch that again that the was bride one. I I didn't like the twins pretty much at all. I I just basically tuned out about two minutes into it. I was like, nope, I don't like it. I think the yeah. one that has like the most rewatchability would probably be the first one and maybe the uh, the Ninth Jedi probably. That's that's mine too. Yeah, those are the two that have the most. I don't know. I'd probably just watch the twins so over you, and over again. You just want to watch like the first one. It. This is in my <laughs> notes. You just want to watch the first one because we finally get high heels in Star Wars. <laughs> hey, <did. laughs> The Sith jumps out, comes up out of the ship or whatever, and she's in high heels. And when I'm watching this, and, you know, that's like very thing. early. I still end, don't I'm understand like, what the unbuckling like, of the shoe thing. I got to rewatch that again because I, I didn't understand why that point was made. Like, wait, wait there's somebody the unbuckling the shoe. Yeah, and one of them, uh, the they, un- I think it was the second, um, not the second one. I think it was the bride one, village bride. She unbuckles her shoe and then does a sprint. So I'm like. It should be tightening. It's kind of like it's buffet, and you have to unbuckle your belt. You're making room for well, the see, good stuff. Well, see, I was thinking like, <laughs> like, you're going to get in a fight, and you like take your earrings off and your shoes. I, maybe I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Take your earrings off and put so, on. I, put yeah, take, yeah, take your shirt <laughs> off. <laughs> take your shirt off. Believe the sunglasses on. What kind? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I I found them all pretty pretty great. But yeah, I mean, I, I probably watch these a couple of times. I started watching the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Um, on the extras on there, but I didn't get through yeah. them all. I, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, definitely worth yet. it. Yes, if you enjoyed the episodes, they give a lot of backstory. The creators all talking about it, but yeah, it's if you enjoyed them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's small little snippets of of, of backstory, or whatever, and there's some good good info in there. And yeah, I, I just uh, watched those last night or whatever, and was glad I did because yeah, they helped cool. to. 
helped to show some, you know, just like anything with the Star Wars, the behind the scenes and, and yeah. the reverence that the people paid towards it. You know, they're obviously getting fans. And the one guy was like his last hurrah, the last thing he was going to going to do. And, and then he, he says, unless they ask me to do something else, Star Wars, then I might come back out of retirement kind of thing. You know, just yeah, definitely worth. Hmm, cool. Uh, I got to get those. Yeah. Hey, one last yeah. on, on an out of whatever. One of, one of the um, uh, behind the scenes things, whatever I posted in there, and, and I probably shouldn't because it's going to make it hard for me to find this book cheap on the secondary market, whatever. But they talked about how um, the idea for this it came out of a George Lucas book called Visions, where it was a bunch of artists interpreting yeah. Star Wars. And they showed a bunch of snippets of, of, of various takes and all the things artists did to make prints and art and everything, whatever, that, that that's where they came from, this book or whatever. So I wanted to drop that little nugget to put it out there. If anybody has this book, yay for them. And 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 I probably shouldn't, like I say, it's going to make it hard for me to come by because I don't have my copy of it yet. But that was that was a neat little tip in that's in those um extras that this all sort of vis- started from a, a thing that Lucas did with this uh, based on this book or so, somehow this book mm-hmm. has some some ties to the creation of what we got to witness, which was these nine episodes uh, that they called Vision. I'm very thankful that they did it because it was, it was nice to have some Star Wars content all on big screen. Yes. So thanks very much, everybody. Um, OK, fine. I'd say it's been a great Senate, y'all. Thank you all for yeah. uh, everybody for coming. And this has been absolutely great. To another year of uh, making this, so hopefully that'd be yeah. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. See you next time. Don't forget to follow us. Find us on Facebook in our um, Positive Star Wars Facebook group. But on Twitter, we're at PSW Senate and Instagram PSW Senate Podcast. Or email us with any questions, comments. Positively Star Wars Senate at gmail.com. So we're um, always eager to get feedback from everyone. So and comments and anybody just wants to participate. So. Okay, right. thank you very much, everybody. Awesome. Uh, I'll see you on the other side. Bye. See you guys. Bye bye. Good stuff, you guys. <laughs> Go switch off. with you.